When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. The decision on whether to indict the former president now likely delayed until at least next week when the grand jury reconvenes. That hasn't stopped the attacks on Bragg. Trump in a social media post calling Bragg an animal while three Republican committee chairmen requested testimony from two former prosecutors in Bragg's office. Bragg's office blasted the Republicans, saying they are meddling in a pending local prosecution, only after Trump urged them to act. The CEO of TikTok facing tough questions from lawmakers during an often tense hearing about the safety and security of the popular social media app. Members of both parties grilled Shochu about the company's ties to China and harmful content pushed on children. The future of TikTok here in the United States, along with its 150 million U.S. users, remains up in the air with the Biden administration threatening to ban the app. You've achieved a lot in Florida, but that prompts the question, could you do that nationally? I think you could. I think one of the things that was interesting about my election is the voters in Florida overwhelmingly thought the country was on the wrong track, but they thought Florida was on the right track. So they saw the difference in terms of how things are governed. So I think just some common sense, some leadership, some courage, and, and being right on the issues, I think, should go a long way. Christian overtime has come And you know that you're the only one to say Okay Where you go and what you're looking for You know those boys don't wanna play no more with you It's true So I've decided they can't have Phil. That's it. The core five stays. Well, like the Fab Five at Michigan. Remember that team? Juwan Howard, Chris Weber, Jackson King, and Jalen Rose. The Fab Five with the core five. Where's is Mateen Cleaves on that team? That's a horrible. No, that was a Cleaves. horrible example, Sid. Mateen Cleaves went to Michigan State and beat Florida in the championship. That's a bad example. They lost. They didn't win at all. They lost to North Carolina, too, but they were a uh, a dominant club for years. And you're right, we don't lose. That is a difference. But it is five guys, back to the game show we do every day, those five, and these are five, which consist of Sid Rosenberg, Lou Ruffino, not in any particular order, by the way, Justin Ellick, Macedonia Phil, 
And Noam Layden, you don't break this five up. That's it. So we'll talk about this later. This is um, some inside baseball, but I'm not letting you go. So they have to figure something else out. I don't care what they do. doesn't matter. You don't break up the one show that is kicking ass and keeping this station relevant. The rest of the show is good. Katsimatidis does a great show, actually. My boy Joe Takapina was on with uh, John yesterday. He does a great show. We have great bookends here with the morning show with us and the afternoon drive, tour with jo- uh, drive time show with John, who beat Sean Hannity, by the way. And you don't mess with that. You just, you know, the rest of the day, I don't care. Figure it out. I don't care. Get that kid Diego or something. I don't know. Whatever. Find somebody else. Odd. Stop wasting money on, on uh, weekend people, making a ton of money, and uh, hire some uh, dopey kids. I don't care, but the five of us are staying together. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Well, happy Greek Independence Day, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I go to the, uh, the New York Post, what page is this? Page 16, <laughs> there's a beautiful, I'm a very loyal guy, Phil. There's a beautiful Colorado WABCradio.com. At the very top of the page is the aforementioned John Katsimatidis, who I love like my father. And it reads, Happy Greek Independence Day. Looking forward to the big Greek Independence Day parade. That comes your way Sunday, April the 20th, which is Hitler's birthday, unfortunately. Uh, Looking for the day after my birthday. Looking forward to seeing you on that day. And John, of course, is, of all the Greek people I know, I love him the most and the most successful, but the Greek people uh, have come here and uh, just huge contributions, just huge. Now, I believe that uh, that parade that day, that Ernie Anastas, great Ernie Anastas, who's on this station now every day, he'll join me at 725 this morning, but uh, really the face of news for like four decades here in New York. I believe he's the Grand Marshal. Is he the Grand Marshal today, too? I think he is, yes. He's today's Grand Marshal of our Greek Independence Day celebration. Congratulations to Ernie. But throughout the day, you're going to hear from a lot of Greek people, most of which I can't pronounce their names. I won't even try. I can say Nicole Maliotakis. I can say Margot Katsimatidis. Um, I can say Tony Orlando. Some of these I just can't say. Some of these, I'm not even sure they're Greek. Is Catherine Fleming Greek? I guess she is. Uh, so we've got a huge day of uh, special guests from 400 years of brutal oppression under the Ottoman Empire. Today we celebrate Greek Independence Day. And I love the Greek people. I love them. Love them. I have a, a list here, too, of some very famous Greek people, not on this show today, but they're famous. 1 through 25. Believe it or not, at the very top of the list, I'm not sure who did this list, but uh, number one in terms of famous Greek celebrities in Hollywood. You want to take a guess, Lewis? Okay. A director. No. An actor, a yes. male. A comedic actor. Um, who, who actually has his own podcast, talking about dopey podcasts. And years ago had a very, very famous guest named Barack Obama, and it went viral. I mean viral. Not yet? Doesn't do it? Mm, All right. No. On a movie with a bunch of buddies, Mike Tyson was in the movie, who go to Las Vegas. Okay, that's uh, The Hangover. Yes, come on, come on. 
Uh, It's uh, Bradley Cooper. No, he's not. uh, Uh, Zach. Galifianakis. Yeah. yeah, he's number one on this list. I would have guessed John Stamos. That's like when I think of Greek celebrities, it's the first person I think Stamos of. Stamos is number five on this list. Yeah, when I think of it, that's, that's like the number one guy that pops up. Yeah, me too. Although I do love Maria Menounos. Love her. I had no idea that Tommy Lee was Greek. I mean, I saw yeah. scenes with Pamela Anderson that may have given it away, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Jamie Lynn Sigler. Meadow for The Sopranos. She's Greek. You know who's number three on this list? Jennifer Aniston, she's Greek. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. Oh, did I? That's uh, like some people you just know, like George Stephanopoulos. Duh, (laughs) (laughs) he's Greek. But like Billy Zane, Ralph Macchio, Greek. The great tennis player Pete Sampras, Rita Wilson, not Rita Cosby. How about Liz Perkins from About Last Night and Big and. I never knew that. What about that actress who was on the uh, the Housewives and the Cul-de-Sac show? Uh, the, uh, uh, the house is uh, on Bravo. No, no, that show that was the. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gobblelaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. The uh, Dallas Falcon Crest. Desperate, Desperate, Desperate Housewives? Desperate Housewives. Eva Longoria? Eva Longoria, no. She's, she's Italian, I believe. Oh, she's Italian. I don't even know what she is. She's I don't know. She's Spanish. I don't know. Yeah, she yeah. may oh, be yeah, Spanish. She's yeah. She's not Greek. I, I forgot her last name. That's it. Noopolis. I think Eva Longoria was married to Tony Parker at some point. Yeah, 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 yeah. He cheated on her. He did, right? He was like a serial cheater. No, that's that's. I, I can't believe that's true. Wait, you mean a an all star <laughs> guard for the San Antonio Spurs cheated on his wife? Come on, Phil. I know it's crazy, but it's apparently yeah. it's true. I think you know what's funny. I think he actually slept with uh, his teammate's wife, Brent Barry. I think he did too. Yes, I think that, that was like the story, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that happened with the Giants, too. And I became very, very friendly with Danny Canal because Danny is a Florida guy. In fact, he went to Florida State, and his father is a really famous orthopedist down in Florida, Danny Canal's dad. In fact, he took care of the Dolphin players for many, many years. And Danny's a sweetheart. But Danny came to the Giants as a rookie out of Florida State, and the guy that uh, became buddies with him right away, another really good-looking guy, was Jason Seahorn. And at the time, Jason Seahorn was a star, and he was married to this really pretty news anchor. Really pretty. So long story short, Jason Seahorn allowed Danny Cannell to stay with him when Danny was a rookie at his house in New Jersey. And, uh, yeah, you guessed it. Jason came home one day, and Danny was banging his wife. And uh, that did not go well with him. Jason and the Giants. Danny did lead the Giants to the playoffs that year, 1997, with Jim Fossil as the head coach, and they lost to the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, Danny did not have much of a future after that. Kerry Collins came in. So, have you heard this, um, Lou and uh, Macedonia, Phil, chat GPT? You heard of this? Of course, yeah. It's like the big thing now. What is it exactly? It, I mean, honestly, it's kind of it's kind of scary how good it is. Like you just like give it a prompt, like you tell it to do something. Yeah. You just type it in. Like you could say like, uh, 
Um, well, my son, for example, said Sid Rosenberg. Uh, oh, you know what he did? I'll tell you exactly what he did. It was after the, the uh, Cindy Adams story that Chris Cuomo, whose brother Andrew, will be on this radio station 8 o'clock tonight, that louse. Uh, Cuomo wanted to fight me. So Gabriel went to this chat GB, GPT and said, hey, what happens if Sid Rosenberg fights Chris Cuomo? And, and somehow this computer thing knew everything about me. Everything. Yeah, it, it's it's like, I mean, it gathers all this info from the Internet and it like generates, uh, you know, text based off of it. And it's actually coherent. And, and now it's like an issue that people like in schools, it's an issue that people are having like their entire essays written by chat GPT. They don't do a single thing. College it's, kids are cheating, you're saying. Like a lot. Yeah. yeah. College and high school. Everyone. It's just like uh, it, it's it's super easy and you don't have to do anything. You just have to type in like a little prompt and it'll pull all the information for you. And you can even tell it to write in the form of someone. You could be like, <laughs> you could be like, write uh, Shakespeare. Yeah, exactly. Write Sid's autobiography in the form of Shakespeare and then it'll write it like like Shakespeare would have written it. Well, it's, it's funny. It's, you would, it's funny you would say that. Because, uh, you know, John Katsimatidis will join me at 7.05 this morning. He will kick off our Independence Day because we do have one guest before him, and that is Curtis Sliwa, who I did decide to reinstate this week. So Curtis, after a week's suspension, makes his return to sitting friends in the morning coming up at 6.40. Then John Katsimatidis kicks off the Greek celebration at 7.05. And you know that John has a brand new book out. That is doing extraordinarily well. I mean, much better, much better than my second book, Citizens United, could ever do. John's everywhere. And he's going to tell you in that book how to make yourself, uh, make yourself a billion dollars. How far do you want to go to make that big money? It's a great book. And you hear John and his uh, great son, John Jr., doing a commercial on this station talking about that book. So John's doing very, very well. My book did good. And uh, it's been a couple of months since we've really talked about the book. But according to Frank Morano, our very talented overnight host, other side of Midnight Gets Big Ratings, Chat GBT, I keep saying GBT, it's Chat GPT, for some reason, did a book review of my book, Citizens United, and they put it online. In fact, they did a book review and a limerick. And I've got audio for both. We'll play just one for now. So let's get the Frank Morano reading the Chat GPT book review of Citizens United. This would be um, cut number 14, Lewis. In Frank's voice, the GPT book review. This is a book review of Sid Rosenberg's book in the style of a poem written by the AI software Chat GPT. As read by Frank Morano. Sid Rosenberg's book, What Can I Say? It's a page-turner, a must-read any day. A memoir of a man who's seen it all. A story of triumphs and of pitfalls. With humor and wit, Sid tells his tale of a life lived on the edge without fail. From his early days in Brooklyn, New York, to his rise to fame with a personality that couldn't be ignored. Through the ups and downs of his career in sports and the struggles he faced on and off the courts, Sid takes us on a journey unlike any other with tales that will make you laugh and sometimes shudder. But it's not all glitz and glamour, no. There are moments of darkness, moments of woe. And through it all, Sid's honesty shines through as he tells the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but true. So if you're a fan of sports or just a fan of life and you're looking for 
for a book to read at night. Sid Rosenberg's book is the one for you, a captivating tale that will leave you feeling anew. All right, good stuff. That is the chat GPT critique of my second book, Citizens United, as read by Frank Morano. So um, I'm all dressed up today. I've got a pair of gray slacks on, which I bought at Anthony's place, the garage, and a nice black button-down shirt, also purchased at the garage. And I've got a, an orange sport jacket. A couple of days ago, Brian Kilmeade, who joins me once a week on this show, of course, he's on after me at 10 o'clock every weekday morning here on WABC. He also was one of the three co-hosts on Fox and Friends on right now on Fox News. He's got this show on Saturday nights on Fox News, 8 o'clock. It's called One Nation, and it does very well. So the first time I got on Fox and Friends was, ironically, to talk about my book. And I wore a black button-down shirt and a red sport jacket. I was very tan. It was September. And that was my first appearance. Since then, Brian Kilmeade has had me on One Nation on Fox News twice. First time I wore a yellow, I mean a bright yellow sport jacket. And the second time I wore a beige suede jacket. Well, I didn't know this until Kilmeade told me this on the air the other day, but when I show up at Fox News to do these segments, a lot of the producers, females I'm sure, can't wait to see what sport jacket I'm wearing that day because between what I've gotten at the garage, Anthony's place, and, of course, all my Joseph Abood stuff, I tend to dress really well, and sometimes it pops. So today, with my gray slacks, Black shoes and black button-down shirt. I've got an orange sport jacket, and that's going to pop. So now, Brian, just so you know, if you're listening while you're doing Fox and Friends, it'll be a yellow, a brown suede, and an orange sport jacket on my three appearances on One Nation. Talking about appearances, waited all week for this one. Got a couple of clips early in the week. They kind of teased us. Ron DeSantis. Ronnie D. Sanctimonious, Ronnie Meatballs, all those great nicknames my man DJT has thrown out there for Ron DeSantis. Well, DeSantis went prime time last night with Piers Morgan. You like Piers Morgan, Lewis? Uh, quite a, a lot, yes. I, I you do. do. In fact, yes, yeah. because I, I, it's, it's a little entertaining. Yeah. He is. You don't like him? I think he's an ass face. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize anyone liked him. Honestly, I, I was I always like people on the right complain about him, people on the left hate him. I I never really, really realized anyone no, liked him. I don't him. like any British people. I hate their accents. But um well, that's quite unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Even though I'm going to Wales in two weeks and I will spend a day in London. So Ron DeSantis We will double everything when you come in the store, that's all we get back. Watch me have dinner with Piers Morgan in uh in London. Oh yeah, then you'll he'll be the greatest thing in the greatest world. Greatest guy oh, ever. Yes, yeah. It's matzo. <laughs> yes, it's matzo. Passover is coming up, folks. So DeSantis with Piers Morgan last night, he talked about uh, Donald Trump, and we know of course that Trump has not been indicted yet and or arrested. I told you this at the, um, at the risk of repetition. I told you this very early Monday morning, even before Bob Costello testified in front of the grand jury that there was not going to be an indictment and or an arrest this week. I did. And maybe next week, I don't know. I mean, I think that Alvin Bragg has really put himself in a tough situation in that if he doesn't, indict the president he looks really stupid 
and it'll be months and months and months, not years, of wasted work. But if he does indict the president, he could be even more trouble because there's no crime. And then it becomes patently obvious that this is personal and the DA can't do that. So either way, right now, Alvin Bragg is out in the middle of the water, that fat bastard, without a paddle. So DeSantis, uh, Morgan says toward DeSantis, what about indicting Trump? And Ron, because he really is a class act, defends the president in this cut. This is Ron DeSantis with Piers Morgan Lewis, cut number one. You did a press conference this morning and you were responding to the reports, rumors of Donald Trump potentially being indicted. And you gave an interesting response, very sort of supportive of him in a way by saying, yeah, you know, I think what's happening there is outrageous. It's political posturing by this DNC and so on in New York, and they should be focused on more important things. But you also repeated twice you didn't have any knowledge of hush money being paid to porn stars. Was I right to feel that there was a slightly censorious tone to that, that that kind of thing is just not anything you would ever get involved with? Well, I think it's, there's a lot of speculation about what the underlying conduct is. That is purported to be it. And, you know, the reality is that's just outside my wheelhouse. I mean, that's just not something that I can speak to. So, uh, you know, I hope it doesn't come to where you end up seeing this going forward. I mean, look. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. If you are a very strident prosecutor in disguise on the left and you're not prosecuting a lot of crimes, Manhattan's gotten uh, less safe, you're going to go after somebody on the other side for some novel offense. Uh, that just does not inspire confidence, and people see that as weaponizing the justice system. So, so I think it's fundamentally wrong to do that. And, um, you know, I just made it be known. But who, you know, we'll see. Maybe it won't come to that. I mean, I, we haven't seen anything firm yet. So one more, the grand jury was set to reconvene more than once. It didn't. So here's my dear friend, Joseph Takapina, who will join me on this show coming up at 840 this morning. He'll also be on with my friend Chuck Todd, Meet the Press, on Sunday. But he was on with John Katz and Matidis, Katz and Cosby, last night. And he talked about why the grand jury didn't reconvene. This, Lewis, is cut number five. Look, there could be, it could be as simple as logistical issues and scheduling issues. But I have to believe that something is going on inside the district attorney's office that's causing them to take a step back and say, hey, we, what are we doing here? I think enough people have come out on both sides of the fence, left side, right side, middle, you know, and have said, this is outrageous. This violates rule of law. This puts our country in a position where we're on par with, you know, the Soviet Union, China, Nazi Germany, where we take a person and we look for a crime. We do not do that in this country. So there you have it, Joe Takapina. Katz and Cosby last night. Again, we are celebrating Greek Independence Day here today at WABC. It's really tomorrow. We'll celebrate it today. Curtis Sliwa makes his return after a one-week suspension coming up at 6.40. John Katz and Matidis kicks off the festivities coming up at 7.05. And then great guest list the rest of the day, which includes Ernie Anastas, Hall of Fame boxing trainer Teddy Atlas, defense attorney Joe Takapina, one of the stars of Real Housewives of New Jersey, Frank Catania. One of our very own here, one of the most popular singers ever, Tony Orlando. And 
a Canadian Greek billionaire. You're going to love this guy, Steve Apostolopoulos. All that and more, it's a big Friday epic show. Sitting friends in the morning on Greek Independence Day on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, it's Cowboys legend Emmitt Smith, and this is See It in the Morning. Let me do that again. Hi, it's Cowboys legend Emmitt Smith, and this is See It and Friends in the Morning on 77 WABC. Oh, and by the way, I am way more famous than Sid. MSNBC doesn't stop, man. Trump threatens DA with violent imagery. Who cares? Alvin Bragg is such a lowlife. I'm sorry. I don't care how much you hate Donald Trump. And uh, I'm watching Al Sharpton go on and on. He hates Donald Trump, which should make the uh, conversation on MSNBC this weekend between Joe Tacopina and Al Sharpton very interesting because uh, Joe is going to be on with both Al Sharpton and Chuck Todd this weekend. He, he really likes the, uh, the enemy, I'll tell you that. But um, who cares? I mean, come on, man. This is Alvin Bragg. This is a Manhattan DA who's going after somebody and trying to get them on a crime they've never committed. You would think that Al Sharpton, even though he's a racist and hates Trump, and for a smart guy, he's pretty stupid, you would think that Al would kind of back off this thing. This is a war you can't win. You cannot defend Alvin Bragg, even if you despise Donald Trump. This is a war you cannot win. Hey, uh, Alec, get me that uh, Howard Stern cut. Or even he said, I'm sick of MSNBC. We played it yesterday. Talking about Howard, he, um, Reggie Jackson on a couple of days ago. I think it was yesterday or the day before, I forget. And I heard it. And Reggie has this really interesting documentary out. The New York Post does a big story on the Reggie Jackson documentary today. And Reggie's uh, very honest in this. He talks about how he couldn't uh, be, you know, uh, loyal to one woman, how he was a cheater. And uh, you guys, I've told you this story many times before, just to kind of emphasize that many years ago, when my beautiful wife, Danielle, was in her 30s, she went to Tampa on a business trip. And it just so happened that Reggie Jackson was signing autographs in the lobby of his Tampa hotel. Or a book. I don't know what he was doing there. Maybe his book. And Danielle is a lifelong Yankee fan. When she was a little, little girl, her grandfather, God rest his soul, Poppy, took her to the Bronx. And she was there for the Chris Chambliss, Willie Randolph, Greg Nettles, Thurman Munson, Reggie Days. And she's loved the Yankees ever since. But she really does love them. Like, she's a real fan, you know. And Reggie has always been her favorite player. So you could imagine how she felt when she found out that Reggie was in the lobby autographing stuff. So she ran downstairs, and she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. I know a lot of you think your wives are gorgeous. They're not. Trust me. (laughs) It's over there. Uh, She's gorgeous and still is. This is like 20 years ago. So she walks up, and Reggie looks up at her and just locks eyes. He's like, oh, my God. Where are you from? Like, what's your nationality? And he got all creepy and stuff. And she, she loved it because she loves Reggie. And she was flattered. And she called me. And I'm like, 
What is that? He's <laughs> hitting on you, Reggie Jackson. And she's like, so what? He's Reggie Jackson. Well, you know, so what? I'm a jealous guy to begin with, so. Did he name a candy bar after her? Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. this is not a joke. All right, no joking <laughs> right now. Oh, got it. Well, what's funny Sorry. is, so I go to her, I go, I go, listen, yesterday, she's listening to Stern 2 with Reggie, you know. And I go, I'm going to try to get Reggie on the show. I even reached out to the VP here, George, because John was on the air. And John's very close with Randy Levine, the president of the Yankees. And I'm like, i got to get Randy on the phone because Randy's got to get me Reggie Jackson. If Reggie Jackson's going to do Howard Stern, he's got to do me. I actually went on terrestrial radio. Plus, we've got a relationship with the Yankees. you got to get me Reggie. you got to get him. And then uh, Danielle goes, yeah, you should get him. He's great. I go, great. I go, he's a miserable son of a bitch. He's a horrible guy. He fought with every white player on the team. She's like, well, you should know that his father had to hear the N-word every day. Maybe that explains something. I'm like, Danielle, sweetheart, calm down, okay? I know you love him. And look, I'll put him on in a heartbeat. He's a part of baseball lore. That summer of 1977 is one of the most memorable summers in the history of any city. I'm not saying I'm not going to put Reggie on, but he's not a good guy. He's a cheater, a racist. I mean, he's all those things. Every guy hated his guts. He's been suspended by the Yankees more than I've been suspended in this business. Well, they just don't get him. I'm like, okay, D. (laughs) Not going to win this one. So I listened to uh, Reggie with Howard, and he talked about, uh, let's see what he cut up here. Um, Let's do the racism thing. It's a minute and 30 seconds. But here Reggie, the Yankee great, tells Howard Stern the story of how racism from from a friend's parent when he was a kid actually, I guess, built what he was later on in life. So we'll start, Lewis. With Reggie Jackson, once again, courtesy of Howard Stern and Sirius XM, cut number 13. Most of my friends were white. That made a problem for me and my white friends because the parents did not want them to associate with me. And the worst thing that ever happened to me when I was a kid, I was about 11 or 12 years old, and I was riding my buddy's bicycle because it was dusk getting dark and he said take my bike reggie get it tomorrow and i was i was riding home his stepdad was coming up the street in a 57 chevrolet yellow and white with a continental kit on the back and he saw me riding the bike and he pointed to me to stop and pulled over and told me to get off the bike and walk it back to the house Mm. he lived about two miles away from me and i had I was halfway home. It just, I never forgot that. Could you go home and say to your father, I just went through something horrible? Or do you just swallow it and then live with that? I remember tears coming out of my eyes on the way home. But when I got home, I wasn't crying. And my dad asked if anything happened or what went on today. What'd you do? And I did tell him the story. And so I can remember a hug. Uh, from him, but 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 that's all. That that's all I can I can remember. Unbelievable that you would have Donald Trump and Reggie Jackson become sympathetic figures in the same week. But if you listen to that, you know you can't help but think Reggie went through a lot. We'll play uh, two more, then we'll get to Curtis. 
Stone asked him about the feud with Thurman Munson. That was, <laughs> you talk about baseball lore, Reggie Jackson and the great Yankee captain Thurman Munson were at each other's throats all the time. I guess this is how it started. Reggie Jackson, Howard Stern, cut number 11. This thing you had with Thurman Munson. You guys are teammates and yet you're at each other's throats. Thurman Munson was a great guy. Good family man. And Thurman Munson told George, go sign the big guy in Oakland. And so he was part of the reason I came here. As part of me coming here, getting a raise, George was supposed to add to Thurman's money Mm. and take him to the same level. You know, and Thurman and I had a meeting and I told him what I was making. George didn't make the move. Thurman got upset. So that was part of it. Then I got lippy, um, made a comment um, that they turned into the straw that stirs the drink. Something was attributed to me that I did not say that Thurman could only stir it badly. Right. And you never said that. Absolutely not. Because a guy kept saying they had lost four in a row to Cincinnati. And he said, uh, Reggie, now, so what's your role here? And I said, well, you know, I, don't, I think I'm the last piece. I'm the final ingredient. He said, so you were like the straw that stirs a drink. And I said, yeah, okay, if you want to say straw that stirs a drink, fine. And right. when but I then said, they got, it, they got oh, attributed boy. to you that yes. you said, I stirred the drink well and Thurman doesn't. That's right. Wow. Uh, I've got more on this. Uh, Reggie talking about cheating, more on Thurman Munson. And it is true, the Yankees got swept in four by the Big Red Machine, the Cincinnati Reds, in 1976. And Steinbrenner was embarrassed, and so was Thurman. And they went out and got Reggie, and it paid off right away. The very next season, 1977, the Yankees won the World Series. And, of course, had that game, Reggie Jackson hitting three home runs off of three different Dodger pitchers. The following year, 1978, was that Bucky Dent home run against the Boston Red Sox that catapulted the Yankees to the playoffs. And once again... They beat Tommy Lasorda's Dodgers to win the World Series. In fact, my dear friend Bucky Dent won the MVP, and they got back again in 1981 in the strike-shortened season to play the Dodgers once again in the World Series, and that was the only time the Dodgers actually got the win. Reggie Jackson. Thank you, Howard Stern. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are America's best built boilers. We'll start with the good news from last night in the Rangers 2-1 road win over the Carolina Hurricanes. So the Rags, they get a big statement win over the playoff bound and current Eastern Conference two-seed Hurricanes. Looking ahead to ice, hack, ice hockey, I should say, action tonight. The Islanders out in Columbus taking on the Blue Jackets at 7 p.m. The Devils are out in Buffalo going up against the Sabres also at 7 p.m. And now for the not-so-good news from last night with both the Knicks and Nets suffering losses on the hardwood. The Knickerbockers fell 111-106 in Orlando to the lowly Magic. As for the Nets, they lost a close one at home, 116-114 to to the Cleveland Cavaliers. What's going on my Knicks? It's they not, now lost three in a row. It's nothing good. Julius Randle, I heard, went berserk. Yeah, well, I wouldn't necessarily say berserk, but he was definitely yelling at Emmanuel quickly. Jeez. Yeah. Are we in trouble or... Uh, I don't like the sound of three straight losses, to be honest with you. It's never good. Uh, After you get uh, to two, then you go to three, and that's a losing streak. All right? All right. So they got to get back on track here. Okay. As for the Nets, they lose a close one at home as well, 116-114 to to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Over to the Sweet 16 of the NCAA Men's College Basketball Tournament. 
where Gonzaga, UConn, Kansas State, and FAU survived yesterday to advance to the Elite Eight. Tonight, the other half of the Elite Eight will be decided, starting with five-seed San Diego State against one-seed Alabama at 6.30, followed by five-seed Miami versus one-seed Houston at 7.15, 15-seed Princeton against six-seed Creighton at 9, and finally, three-seed Xavier against uh, two-seed Texas at 9.45. Here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored again by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com, find a dealer near you. I am Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Oy. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Return to sender. Return to sender. I gave a letter to the postman. He put it in his sack. Bright and early next morning, he brought my letter back. She wrote upon it, return to sender, address unknown, no such number. That's funny, we'll return to sender with the return of Curtis Sleeve coming up momentarily. Let me do this first. 77 WABC listeners, you've heard me talk about Global Security Group providing the mandatory training to obtain a concealed carry permit in New York City. All this week, gave you the chance to win this training. So to go to wabcradio.com slash security right now and enter to win the training you need to get your concealed carry permit. Now, today in the 9 o'clock hour, I'll be announcing the winner live on the air. So go enter now. you got to be 21 and a New York State resident. Go to wabcradio.com slash security and enter. So the drama with Curtis started uh, last week. I'm not getting into what, what Curtis said, didn't say. It doesn't matter. But um, he was suspended. And I decided, because I missed him. Because the truth is, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys, he's great on the air, great. And him and I have a really good rapport, and I missed him. And you missed him, too. I got a lot of emails and texts, where's Curtis, you know. Without Curtis, you know, nothing, all that nonsense. Um, <laughs> please. So, uh, sorry, Kurt. So, <laughs> we had a vote. I just said bring Curtis back, because I have that. Uh, power, but that wasn't good enough for Curtis, so he ran the risk of getting suspended again because he wanted a vote like the commission, like Bo Deedle's show Godfather of Harlem. So there's five of us, so you knew there'd be a majority vote. Phil voted yesterday, no, don't bring him back. Lou Rafino yesterday voted, no, don't bring him back. I voted yes, and so did Peter King. So the pressure was on Bo Deedle live on the air yesterday. To make the decision, uh, yes, Curtis is back. No, he's not. And let me tell you, Bo would have said no. It would have been a lengthy, lengthy suspension. I was not going to do this every week. But Bo, who has really received the wrath of Curtis the last couple of weeks, unfairly, mind you, is such a good man with a big heart that he said, yes, bring the man with the red bonnet, even though it's a beret, bring the man with the red bonnet back. And so, because of the goodness of Bo Deedle, here he is, Curtis Lewa. You know, Sid, uh, you're like Billy Martin or Reggie Jackson with me. I come out of the outfield, I go into the dugout at Fenway Park, and you're in my face, and you're telling me I'm on the shelf. 
I'm on the show. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you notice, you told the Reggie Jackson story, right, that Thurman Munson told Steinbrenner, go get the big guy in Oakland. Curtis Sliwa tells Chad Lopez, the capo de tutti, we got to get the big guy from Florida and bring him up to the old WABC. That is true. And let me say, even during this whole suspension, and Lewis, you could attest to this, time and time again, I did speak about Curtis's loyalty to me. And without Curtis, there's a very good chance I wouldn't be back. So it's not like I buried that. That is true. I mentioned it two or three times last week, and I'm always appreciative of that. And then... To add insult to injury, I got to listen to this Mama Luke, Frank Morano, read poetry. He did nothing <laughs> for your Citizens United. Nothing. He didn't sell one book. He didn't sell a match, a matchbook. He didn't sell a comic book. I was out there hawking your book morning, noon, and night. You were. You even uh, Make a complete fool out of myself. Yeah. Standing on the corner, people were, like, feeding me <laughs> the, the way they would feed pigeons, thinking I was Meshuggah Box. Yeah, Citizens United, steal the book if you can't buy it. That's what you did say. And Ste- by the way, what page did you indicate who was responsible for rescuing you from Florida and bringing you up to New York City. Admit it. Admit it, Sid. That would be page 28, where I gave you, Curtis, yes. along with Bernard McGurk, my Correct. late great partner, Correct. Jill Vitale, Pete Morgan, and others. That's right. But you're right there at the very beginning of the sentence, page 28, because the truth is, you did do that. And, and you know what? Re- I wanted to impale myself with a menorah or a crucifix this morning. I'm listening to the Frank Morano show. You know, he's got this fake, phony, fraudulent for Casey. If you get 10 questions right in a minute, you get $1,000. Yeah. First question, what station are you listening to? W-O-R. What a bunch of morons. What a bunch of studards who no, listen to did, that show. That actually happened? That actually happened. <laughs> and then you have him on reading poetry. Well, well, it wasn't him. You know, there's a very, very popular, I guess it's a computer-generated thing. It's called Chat. GPT. You know about this? So uh, this chat GPT, uh, college kids, for example, are getting A's on their exams because this, um, hey, uh, Phil, what is chat GPT exactly? It's a computer software that answers everything and answers yes. everything correctly. It knows everything. It's an artificial intelligence that generates well, everything off. You think maybe, Phil, that this uh, C-H-A-T, uh, what do they call Chat that? GPT. Could call up the Frank Morano show and actually answer those questions? <laughs> yeah, you know. It would, it would How the hell it. could somebody say, I'm listening to W-O-R? I don't know. And anyway, this is Greek Independence Day, right? Well, tomorrow is, but we're celebrating it today. Yes. That's right. Well, let, let me. you know me. I always rain on everybody's parade. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. You know, it harkened me back to that day in Umberto's when Joey Gallo was celebrating his 43rd birthday with Jerry Orbach, the great actor, and a whole bunch of other trendoids, freakazoids, and jet setters from the theater district. Jerry Orbach was, of course, uh, on Law & Order for many years, but he was in 42nd Street on Broadway for many years. And talking about Joey Gallo, you did not know this, but um, the great, great columnist Jimmy Breslin 
Today I'm friends with his son, Kevin Breslin, wrote a book many, many years ago. It was called The Gang That Couldn't Shoot Straight, and it was about the Gallo brothers, Joey being one of them. Joey's brother, Albert, who they called Kid Blast, was at my bar mitzvah in my backyard. That figures. <laughs> they should have taken you over to their clubhouse on President Street and introduced you to the lion that they kept in the basement. So if you didn't pay your vig, they would bring you in, and you better hope that the lion was not hungry, that they had fed the lion, because they put your arm in the lion's mouth and said, Good. when, you, when Good. are you going to pay the vig, huh? I like that. Good. When are you going to pay the vig? Good. And Good by the them. way, so Joey Kelly's hanging out at the Ace Pool Hall in Church Avenue, my uh, uncle, Savine, who was a real pool shark, said, yeah, that's where he used to hang out with, uh, oh, man, it was, uh, Pete the Greek Diopolis, a Greek guy, who became his lifelong friend, bodyguard, and chauffeur. A Greek guy? Yes. Not an Italian. No. Pete the Greek Diopolis. So they're all sitting in Umberto's, and you know where they were before Umberto's? They were at, oh, the Copacabana. You know who was entertaining that night? I'm going to go with uh, Tony Darrow. No. Jerry Vale. No. Um, Don Rickles. Don Rickles. And then Pete Lomangelo. Remember Pete who used to do those? Uh, of course. Those advertisements on CNN, you know. Anyway, so they invite them over and they say, nah, nah, we're not going with you, Joey. So they're there. It's 4.30 in the morning. Four of these Colombo guys bust in because they, they, they had this vendetta because it was Joey Gallo who ordered the assassination of Joe Colombo at the Italian-American Civil Rights League in front of 100,000 Italians. And so they blast him 38 times. And what does the Greek bodyguard do? He fumbles his pistol. He gets shot in the hip. (laughs) He survives. You think he set him up? Come on. You think the Greek set him up? Maybe. Maybe, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that today. Being we're celebrating the Greek people. doesn't matter, Pete. The Greek Diopolis. Hey, Joey Gallo. <laughs> what the hell would you have a Greek bodyguard? I don't know. How dumb was that? Uh, not smart. Hey, talking about uh, stories though that raise an eyebrow. This one I uh, couldn't help but notice. You out of the. I keep talking about Bo Deedle out of the goodness of his heart. You're back on the show today. Uh, you out of the goodness of your heart actually went out of your way to try to help my friend, the mayor. Eric Adams, with one of the huge issues in this city. And it turns out that Eric, who I love dearly, really treated you like a punk. Here's how it goes. Mayor Eric Adams has tapped New York City's $170,000 rat czar, which is more than you make here, by the way. And no, according to this column, it actually says your name. And no, it's not Curtis Sliwa. Front page headlines, New York Post. Imagine, I got I to gotta read this on the way in here to do your show. <laughs> because I'm off the shelf, right? I'm off the shelf. Uh, hey, I'm off the shelf, right? How long do you think it'll be before you put me back on the shelf knowing me? Two weeks. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so what a shanda. Here it is. I go, I clean up Eric Adams' uh, building. There's rats galore all over the place. After three days, he tells me, get off my property. Get the F off my property. So naturally, he's the mayor. I leave. He says he's going to get a rat czar, czarina. That was back in December, then January, then February. Now we're into March. Now he won't even name the rat czarina, but he says it's going to be a woman. Oh, oh, this is like Joe Biden. <laughs> Who's yeah. going to be your vice president? Oh, I'll tell you this much. It's going to be a woman. Who did we end up with? Giggles. Giggles Harris. <laughs> I'll get you my little pretty. <laughs> so you pick a rat czar based on gender? 
Not about whether they can go after the four-legged rats. And you know who's the biggest two-legged rat in all of New York City? Curtis Sliwa, who eats the Parmesan cheese. Well, that's because Sammy the Bull Gravano left. Isn't that true? Wasn't he the biggest rat in uh, in New York City? Historically, yes. <laughs> yes. But I got more nachos on my belt. You do? Absolutely. Yes, you do. I'm yep. telling you no, this. No, you do. That's why I'm telling me. you this. You oh. wanted me to make up with your very dear friend, Eric Adams. Yes. This will never happen. Why? I offered my services. You know me. I'm nocturnal. Rats are nocturnal. You got to be out there at night. He's going to hire somebody to do a nine-to-five job. What the hell? We're not getting anything done here. And a lot of money. A lot of money, Curtis. A lot of money. Could have been yours. You got 16 wives out there waiting for the check coming up later on tomorrow. Could have really bailed you out. Said we got $4 million (laughs) we're spending on illegal aliens. Will you ask her about that? No. Why is he there, Papa Chula? Why is he there? Hey, who's your daddy? Underlay, underlay. Come to Nueva York. (laughs) Come on. See, ask him the tough questions. Give it to him. That's why Curtis Lee was back, ladies and gentlemen, back with a bang. Of course, listen to Curtis Lee when noon to one every weekday afternoon and all weekend long. He's an icon. He's a legend. He's a genius. And he's back where he belongs on Sitting Friends in the morning. The great Curtis Sliwa. Coming up next, we kick off the aforementioned Greek Independence Day on Talk Radio 77 WABC with the greatest Greek ever. Happens to also own this radio station. John Katsimatidis gets the party going right after this. Thanks, Curtis. Sit in friends in the morning. Many, many summers ago with my father, Paul Anka, is Greek. He sings this song, Paul Anka, on this Greek Independence Day. Now, before we get to John Katzmatidis, Phil, you do realize that in the rich history of the Greek country and people, your nickname, of course, is Macedonia Phil, and your people hated the Greeks. You guys fought, actually, 
You did. You know that, right? Well, Alexander the Great uh, was Macedonian. Yeah. I, there's like you know a whole conflict about land, the territory, and all that stuff. Yeah, I guess. No, but you have no. Uh, I have no attachment. It will to towards it. the Greeks, right? I don't even want to be known as Macedonian. Field. I kind of just got stuck. In it. It, it, it just <laughs> Not happened. today. It just happened. <laughs> right. Well, our next guest. Uh, listen, there's a lot of really accomplished Greek people in this country. What a great contribution. But I think of him first, him and his beautiful wife, Margot. He is the owner and operator of this station. He does two great shows here every weekday at 5, Cats and Cosby. Sunday mornings at 8, the Cats Roundtable. But he does so much in this city. And, you know, all the Gristides, all the D'Agostinos, energy, oil, beautiful buildings, including the one in Coney Island, which I love very, very much. The baseball team out on Staten Island. He's just a man, and I really love him a lot. Here he is on this Greek Independence Day celebration. My man, John Katsimatidis. Good morning, John. Good morning, Sid. I mean, I love some of that music you play. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it makes us glad you wake up and we're glad we're alive. And yep, uh, yep. That, that's what it's all about. Well, listen, Paul uh, Paul Lenka is Greek, and uh, that's a no, song. No, that... no, no, he's, he's not Greek. He's not Greek? No. I've got a list right here, John, in front of me from the Internet of the 25 most famous Greeks. And on this list at number 24 is Paul Anka. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. If yeah. that's true, I never knew that. Yeah. I, let me let me read it for you. Just, I, um... I wouldn't have fired him. <laughs> when you fired Paul Anka? Well, he was so difficult. We hired him one year to do uh, Margot's birthday party. And uh, we came up with, with a number uh, uh, what we're going to pay him for for, for for the birthday party, and uh, you know I love his music. He's a great guy, but he's a pain in the uh, rear end. Yeah, he's uh, arrogant. And, yeah. You know, we hired him, and then okay, I have to have this. Yes, and I have to have this, and I have to have this. Oh my God! And after the eleventh item, I said, "Go, uh, you know." <laughs> Go up yourself. Um, yeah. Basically. Now, he was born in Canada, John Katsimatidis. Yeah. He was born in Canada, but he does have some Greek lineage. So he is, I guess, defined as Greek. But um, I know he's a pain in the neck. I know that's well, the Tony case. Tony Orlando. Tony Orlando, who was the Grand Marshal in the parade a few years ago, he's a greek Arican. He's a greek Arican. <laughs> he's half Greek. Yeah. And half Puerto Rican. He's actually going to join me coming up at uh, 9.20 this morning. We're going to have the great Tony Orlando. And Nicole Magliotakis is a uh, Greco-Cubano. <laughs> That's right, Cuban and Greek. Uh, half, uh, half Greek and half Cuban. Yes, yes, he so, is. This is hey, New York City is the great melting pot, and uh, uh, that's what it's all about. And you know what WABC does? We bring everybody together. And uh, that, that, that's what it's all about. Uh, it's uh, amazing. When, uh, when, when you guys do these days, uh, you and Margo, and we know uh, you do it all year long. St. Patrick's Day, we celebrated a couple of weeks ago. We had great Irish folks on the show. And oh, we it was have, a lot of fun, wasn't it? That was, it was great. a lot of fun. That was the great. food was good. Yes. I loved that Irish music. Yes. Uh, uh, Chuck Sullivan brought in uh, some great Irish music, and it, it was just a great, beautiful day. And, and the sun was shining on the Irish. Yes, was, but, but they all are. When you do day. the Israeli Independence Day, I was a grand marshal for you two years ago. That was amazing. All these days uh, that we do here, which, of course, is your brainchild, which is great, it, it really is a fun day, and it does. it's worth paying uh, back to some of these uh, communities, like the Greek community, which has done so much 
here in New York. You know, I remember when I was a kid, John, I went to Poly Prep. Well, what would you do without diners? Right. We, we talk about diners all the time. In fact, my dear friend George, who owns the Oasis Diner on Flappish Avenue in Brooklyn, that's my favorite. He listens to me and you every day. He loves this station. But I remember going to Poly Prep as a kid, and uh, I learned Latin, which, of course, is a dead language from Mr. Feldman. But Mr. Feldman also taught Greek mythology. And I was so captivated, John. I remember reading about Zeus having a headache one day, and that's how his daughter Hera was born. There was a time I could have told you every single Greek god that ever existed. Do you, you like, uh, read about that stuff still and all that, or is that kind of way back in your life? I read about it uh, back when we were growing up. I mean, uh, you know, our education system, when me and you were growing up, was a lot better than it is now. Much. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about that in another future time, but right now we're like number 58 in education in the world. We are screw- screwing our kids because our future is our kids. It's not us. I mean, uh, and um, it's just sad, and we have to straighten out our education system. And, by the way, I went to the new movie the other day, Gotham, where it shows, it's the greatest movie. It's on Amazon Prime now. It, it shows how where New York was close to the edge of coming apart, how uh, Rudy Giuliani, yep. a Republican, yep. and uh, uh, Peter Vallone, and Judge Weinberg was in it. He, got, he was one of the stars. Wow. Uh, how Peter Vallone and Rudy Giuliani, Democrat and Republican, they worked together to make sure – the city wouldn't fall apart, and we made the biggest comeback we ever did. Right now, we're in deep crap. No, I agree, and I'm not sure okay. that. Uh, yeah, that, tonight, yep. you know who respect, who who re, re, uh, he uh, he requested some special time because he's worried about our city, our state, our our our, our country. Uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, I mentioned this earlier. Look, I think it's going to be fascinating. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, John. I'm not a big fan of Andrew personally. I'm not. And I thought he did some really lousy things as governor, really lousy. But I think he'll well, make a— we're, we're, Right now, we're lousier. So I know. What do you want? I, I know. But, but, but I think he's a great guest tonight. In fact, I even want to call in because I want to know, for example, this, okay? I've heard Andrew on your show a couple of times talking about bail reform and crime in the city. And what he doesn't say when he says that is he was the architect. It wasn't Kathy Hochul. He's the one who put it together. So now what is he had? He's had an epiphany. He's come to the realization it's killing our city. When did Andrew Cuomo come to the realization that the bill that he was a fan of all of a sudden doesn't work? You want to know something? You're not wrong. He did sign the paperwork. Yeah. And and he was he did not. Uh, had the courage to stand up against the socialists at that time. But I think he has come through a revelation that we're going down to the, down the sewer real fast. Yeah. And if things don't change, and I think that's what, look, I don't know what he's going to talk about, but he wanted the opportunity, so we gave him a special one-hour show, uh, and he wanted the opportunity to talk about our city, our state, and our country. And, uh, you, hey, my... I give both sides the opportunity to talk. Look, we've had a great 5 o'clock show every day. Our ratings have gone through the roof. And, you know, we had the uh, uh, Trump's uh, lawyer 
Castellano. We had uh, your friend, uh, uh, Trump's lawyer, too. Takapina, yeah. And yep. Yeah, no, I, listen, I, I, I love what you guys do. When I do, I, and because of you, I have Democrats on this show, too. I've got the mayor, and believe me, I get blasted for that. The, 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 the Internet kills me for that. I don't care. So I like when you do that. I think it's great everybody to hear both has, sides. Everybody should have the chance to talk. Yes. That's what, that's what our, our, our country is all about. You don't have to agree with them, but... At least you, you, you find out what they stand for. A hundred percent. By the way, Bo Deedle just sent me this, John. He goes, Sid, tell John Katsimatidis I hired Paul Anka for my 50th birthday at Cipriani's on 42nd Street. He made me have two limo, 24 hours a day to stay outside his hotel, the Plaza. He charged me $200,000 on top of the extras. I totally agree with John. That's from Bo Deedle. <laughs> Paul Anka? Great singer, but a total pain in the... (laughs) Hey, listen, John, tell people what I've got you here about this, uh, your book, which is really doing great. And I'm really happy for you because it is a great book. I love the commercials when your son, John Jr., comes on and says, hey, buy my dad's book. I find that to be so cute. But the truth is, is that you've had an unbelievable life uh, coming over here from Greece. You are the epitome of success and this book, which, uh, again, is doing really, really well, How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire, really gives folks an outline on how to do it. And it tells the story. So in summary fashion, John, on this Greek Independence Day, how did you go from a kid to a guy now that's become the Greek face of success in New York? Well, uh, I, first of all, I wanted to escape I lived on 135th Street. You know, how's the song go? I'll take Fifth Avenue. I'll take Park <laughs> Avenue. Yes. Uh, and, and I wanted to escape. And I worked hard. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I worked, you know, along, along with success comes sacrifices, uh, said. I worked 70, 80, 90 hours a week. You know why I did not become a big football star, a, a football uh, fan? When football was getting big back in the 50s or 60s, I was working seven days a week. I didn't have time to watch football. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so this hey, success comes with sacrifices. And you know what success also comes with? I, I, you know, I said somebody comes with a little bit of luck. He says, the harder you work, the more lucky you're going to get. Hmm. And I tell people, read the book and You'll find that, and you know what a lot of people are doing? A lot of people are reading the book and then buying it for their their kids yes. or buying it for yeah. their grandkids. I had people yesterday buying it for their grandkids. I'm sure. Because they, they want to try to make a difference in those kids' lives. Well, and that's what it's about. I can tell you this. Putting people on the right road. Right. I mean, we, we're living in a, in a little apartment right now in Battery Park. You know, John, until we get home in June, me, Danielle, and Gabriel. And I have a, a table in the living room section in the apartment. And there's one book on the table. And it's not even mine. <laughs> it's yours. Your book is on my table in my living room. And I notice that Danielle goes through it. Gabriel goes through it. I've read it. Because it really is a great book. So on this Greek Independence Day... What do you want to say about the Greeks or, or what the influence is? Obviously, you're Greek, so huge influence on you, but the Greek people. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm 60% Macedonian Greek. Really? 
Yes, because my mother was born in Constantinople, which is up north there, right near Macedonia. Uh, and, um, uh, and I'm 28% Italian, and I'm 6% Jewish. <laughs> and, uh, and that... that right. <laughs> yeah, you know, I take ownership of you, John. He's got 6% Jew. I'm taking ownership, just so you know. <laughs> okay. And that's why I believe in putting people together. I love people. I love going to uh, uh, the Greek Orthodox Church, which I'm the highest lay person right now. I, uh, we're going to have, by the way, I love going to St. Patrick's. I love going to synagogues. I love going with uh, Rabbi Potashnik. Yep. Uh, it, it's about loving people. You know, one of our friends, I used to be president, I won't mention any names, um, he fights for people every day. I look for I look for reasons. Yeah. To love people every day. Yes, you do. Well, and, you do. And, and that's yep. the difference. That's a big difference. And you do do that. And a big parade coming up April thirtieth is the parade. Oh, thirtieth, not the twentieth. That's Hitler's birthday, right? <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. hope the paper doesn't say twentieth. Uh, let me see. <laughs> you know, my eyesight's not that good anymore, John. I got to be honest. It says. Oh, oh, it says 30th. My bad. It does say okay. 30th. Yeah. And we're going to have uh, uh, Ernie Anastas is going to be the uh, the uh, Grand Marshal. Uh, and uh, uh, he's gonna, just like Tony Orlando. You know what Tony Orlando did? He was the Grand Marshal. He went all the way up Fifth Avenue singing. And when he came back on the float, because WABC is going to have big floats. And you're welcome to come on. I'm coming. And yeah. And and it's it's a, I hope it's a beautiful day. That's why they're doing it later in the uh, yeah. year, April thirtieth, instead of tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he, Tony Orlando came back and he was crying. Oh. I said, Tony, Tony, why are you crying? You okay? You know what he said? I felt my Greek father oh, watching right. me go yeah. up to that. Yeah. And that's why we do things. Yeah. Because we think of our fathers, we yeah. think of our mothers, we yeah. think of our grandfathers, we think of our grand, grandparents. And it's about, if, if you don't have feelings to think about your forefathers, then you're not a real human being. Well said. Let's wrap it up right there. By the way, Ernie Anastas will join me next. Tony Orlando in the 9 o'clock hour. I can't wait to join you at that parade. I know a couple of years ago because of COVID, there was no parade. So we did the boat regatta, which was really amazing. I love that day too, John. But I love you to pieces. I really do. I mean that. Whether you pay me or not, you're my boss or not, I think you're a wonderful man and your beautiful wife, Margot. You're great people. Thank you for uh, doing this today. I look forward to celebrating all day with you guys. And we'll see you in a couple of hours, buddy. Thank you so much. Love you, too. Take care, Sid. Take care. I love that man. I really do. John Katzmatidis. That's a good man. All right. We got Ernie Anastas coming up next. He is the Grand Marshal at this year's Greek Parade. And he is, uh, he's got a regular role on this station now. Very positive guy. In fact, he plays his piece on my show, 945, every morning, and I think Moody Giuliani's show in the afternoon. Either way, we'll talk to Ernie Anastas and then Hall of Fame boxing trainer Teddy Atlas, one of the real good guys. A fascinating conversation coming up at about 740. So keep it right here. Paul Anka, these folks are the times of your life. Will you remember the times of your Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, does it seem strange to you 
that there is very little of substance on President Biden's official work schedule. The first three days of this week, he did the following. Moderated Farsi Day at the White House. Met with the cast of Ted Lasso. Honored Bruce Springsteen and other liberal entertainers. And celebrated Women's History Month. That was all that was on his official schedule for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Meanwhile, Putin and Xi met in Moscow cooking up anti-freedom stuff. The Dow dropped more than 500 points on Wednesday, and the Border Patrol announced it found nearly 1,000 dead migrants last year. Obviously, this is concerning, and I do not believe Joe Biden is even trying to solve vexing problems. He dodges all accountability and rarely speaks to the press. He's the man with no plan. The United States is spiraling downward, and most Americans know it, according to all the polling. Yet the president does nothing to reassure us. Nothing. Three words. Nero, fiddle, burns. The corrupt, inept Roman emperor destroyed Rome. It's not that bad in modern America with Joe Biden at the helm, but it is bad. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. You're my best friend. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From my friends. 77 WABC. Warwick, 77 WABC listeners, do you want to win a pair of tickets to witness the musical sensation that I'm playing right here, the great Dion Warwick? This is uh, Harvard, live in action. Listen up, we're giving away a pair of tickets to catch Dion Warwick Friday, April the 7th at the NYCB Theater in Westbury. Be caller number 7 right now, 1-800-848-WABC. Get yourself a pair of tickets, 1-800-848-9222. To see Dion Warwick, this is Heartbreaker, Friday, April the 7th at the NYCB Theater in Westbury. All right, Greek Independence Day tomorrow. We celebrate today. We just had the main man on. He was great. Not good, great. John Katsimatidis. My next guest is uh, with us here at WABC. It's an amazing addition. He's a super guy. 
He hasn't changed physically in 50 years. He looks exactly the way he did when he was on TV with Kaidi Tang or any one of those uh, famous people. And he does a great radio bit twice a day here on WABC. And he's got his own show coming up, I believe, on Sundays. I just love this guy. And he's been bestowed the great honor of Grand Marshal at the Greek parade coming up on April the 30th. Here's my friend Ernie Anastas. Well, a very pleasant good morning, Sid. What a buildup that is. That's incredible. <laughs> we can say the same thing about you and all the good people at WABC. I can't believe I'm following John, John Katsimatidis, you know, who's our fearless leader and, and who brings about a spirit of, of just doing your best. And I think we're so proud of that. He really does, and he's uh, he's an equal opportunity guy. He does give everybody a fair shake. Sure. And look, again, uh, we're celebrating Greek people today, and he's Greek, and, and you're Greek. Uh, he mm-hmm. wrote a book about it, obviously, and growing yeah. up Greek and how he's been able to uh, become one of the, the few billionaires in this country. Sure. What is your Greek influence? What has it done for you, Ernie, over your lifetime? You know, I'll tell you something. I grew up in a wonderful Greek-American home. Uh, in New England, and my grandfather was one of the first 100 ordained Greek Orthodox priests in America. He was a pioneer in the church. Uh, I was named after him, and, you know, he was just a, a gentle man who, who taught us respect in our home, and along with my mom, dad, my two sisters, and the rest of our extended family. I think, you know, the Greek spirit of, of honoring people and having that mutual respect, I think that's what unites us rather than divides us. And I learned that very, very early on in life. And I was very proud of my family and went on to uh, go into broadcasting and uh, had some success with this. And I've been very uh, honored in many ways, and especially now being the uh, Grand Marshal of the Greek Parade, which will be April 30th. But, I mean, it's just an honor to be in New York City. You know, this is the greatest city in the world. It's the melting pot. You know that. And, you know, we've done so many parades. Uh, Recently, just over the weekend, I hosted the uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade in Rockland County, which was so much fun. But in the past, you know, I've also done other parades in New York, the uh, Hispanic Parade, uh, the Puerto Rican Day Parade, the Israeli Parade. But the, the Greek influences are very important to me. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm deeply indebted to the, the Greek Americans over the years who have supported me in so many ways. And I hope that I've been able to bring some honor to them as well. You know, you talk about all these uh, great parades and all the people that we do, all the ethnicities yep. that we celebrate in the city, which mm-hmm. part of the reason why this is still the greatest city in the world. I mean, yes, we're, it's a rough time. Let's not kid ourselves. Crime is out of control. It's yep. dirty. It's filthy. There's homeless everywhere. There's more dog poop in the street than I like. I can tell you that. But with all that said, Ernie Anastas, uh, I still think it's the greatest city. But my relatives and friends go, will you stop at that already? It used to be. It's not anymore. In fact, some of them moved to Florida, to Boca, just to get away from here. Do you still feel like this is the greatest city in the world? Uh, you know, I do. And I, and I think it's the way you look at things. Um, I, I, I look at the, the history of our city. And I look at all the great things that have been done here. And I think about the future. You know, the whole thing about what I do on the air is positivity. I look at a problem, I look at a situation and say, how can we make it better? How can we find a solution? You know, for years, Sid, how many times I went on the air every night on the 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock news, good evening, everyone, and then telling them why it wasn't. Said, <laughs> you know, what we need to do is give That's people funny. hope. Yeah. So if New York is having its struggles, and we know that, you just cited some of the problems. But I look at that and I say, okay. If there's a problem, what can we do? Who's working at this? How can, we, how can we push somebody a little more to say, make it better, make the city cleaner, make the city safer, okay? Give us the pride back. You can do that. 
but we have to have people who are willing to roll up their sleeves and say, I'm going to make some changes here. And that's what I'm all about, positive change. Yeah, you really are. I love what you do on this radio station. Of course, we play it on my show at 945 and then again in the afternoon. And it is positive. And it is. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it's doable. People say, oh, you know, some people are way too positive. They live in a dream world, I guess, when you've made millions of dollars and things are great. But the one thing I notice about your reports, and I mean this, mm-hmm. is that you talk about stuff that is tangible. You can make it happen. It's not just abstract hope. Sure. And I think that's when people start to realize how practical those reports really are. Well, I, I think what it is is you know, you're dealing with the reality. I mean, you know, you, you, can't, you can't hide from the truth. So if there is a problem, for example, we talked about bullying. It's, it's a real issue. It affects so many people, particularly our young. And I'm saying, okay, let me talk to some of the experts. What's being done? Are there programs in our school system? Is there something being done on the Internet that is positive? So look for that. If we're talking about, you know, the, the recent problem with, with China and, and our spy balloons. Okay, I talked to an expert. Are we safe? How is our system in place? What is the government doing about banking? You know, okay, people are worried about their banks. Talk to an expert. Is your money safe? Yes, it is. FDIC is protecting you. There are other programs in place. So it's like turning around and saying, okay, this is a problem, but again, where's the hope? You know, you know Sid, if we take away hope, whether it's a, a political issue or whatever it happens to be. If we take away hope in life, you're lost. Yep. If you don't feel yep. that you have a chance, this is, what, this is what your life and this is what, let's say, our country is all about. The fact that you have an opportunity to say, I can make this happen. I can create this. And you know what? Talk about success stories. For so many years, we reward bad behavior. And a lot of people have come to me over 40 years being on the air and say, you know, Ernie, why is it that we always have to hear this negative? Because you know what? People want to hear the things that are going on. But at the same time, you have to make sure that you reward good behavior as well. Good behavior. People who are doing their job, people who are working hard at it, whether it's a school teacher, whether it's a cop on the beat, whether it's a political leader, whether it's a broadcaster, are they doing their work to make the thing better? That's the key to it. Can you make it better? Yes. Uh, I agree with you 100%. Two minutes to go, Ernie. We've had this discussion before. One of the places, if you will, where it's gone sideways and Americans have lost all confidence, all confidence is in the business you're in and you've been in and mm-hmm. you really marveled at, yeah. which is news. And again, we've talked about this before. Sure. Uh, it is so deeply divided. I can watch Joe and Mika on MSNBC mm-hmm. or Bill Ritter on WABC okay. tell the same story as Brian Kilmeade on Fox News and yet, yet deliver it from two different sides. And one side makes it look okay. One side makes it look terrible. Yep. And people have lost all faith and trust in the media. All of it. I mean, you've got your favorite guy. I understand that. But mm-hmm. what happened to the days when I can watch Ernie Anastas on the news and he delivered the news without trying to convince me this story is good or bad? Well, you know, Sid, that's a that's a big issue that you're talking about. And, it, and it's an important one. And I have a lot of feelings about it. I think what we have to understand here is that there's so much competition. Okay, that's the bottom line. There's a lot of competition out there. There are so many sources that we never had before, whether it's the Internet, cable, you name it. There are so many stations. There are so many outlets that you can get your news from. And as a result, you know, you have all of these varied opinions. Now, I'm all for defending the right of freedom of speech. Okay, and I wouldn't censor the news. 
But I think the responsibility is that you have to stop and say, wait a minute, is this factual? Is this the truth? Is it news or is it views? Can we label it as such so that people can understand that this is someone's opinion, which is fine. But you know what? Let's make sure that people understand that and it's not misunderstood as being the truth or the facts. And I think that that's where the problem lies. You know, people are confused right now. And I talk to a lot of people and they say, Ernie, where do I get the truth? And that's a tough Mm. question to answer. (laughs) Where do you get the truth? I think that there are various sources that you go to, but I think you have to have a balance of information. And then you have to decide for yourself. I I mean, I'm all for people being responsible. Uh, I think standards and practices are very important. We've lost a lot of that. And I don't want to put down a lot of my colleagues. And there are many of them, and I won't name them, who are really dedicated to doing a good job, who are really sincere about their journalistic responsibilities. And I applaud them. But there are others out there, and there are people who are on Internet platforms where we don't have any standards and practices, and you can say and do whatever you want. This is where we have to be very careful. People have to understand that there's some truth somewhere, but they have to look for it. And it's a tough job. It is tough. Ernie Anastas, uh, it's a tough job, but man, you were and still are great at it. Congratulations. You're welcome on being the uh, the Grand Marshal. That is a great honor and well-deserved. You deserve it. And uh, thank you for uh, coming to this station and adding some real talent and class to well, our we're lineup. We're excited about it, and we have a big party going on at the studio today. Yep. Uh, there are a lot of uh, special guests, uh, celebrities, and, and, and distinguished guests who are coming in, including uh, the Archbishop of our Greek Orthodox Church and many other people. There's a big party going on tonight at the Rainbow Room for the American Chamber of Commerce. Uh, John Katsimatidis and I and the rest of the people from WABC will be there. Uh, I'm going to teach you a little Greek before we go. All right, Sid? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. This is how you say Efkaristo. It's thank you. Efkaristo. Can you say that? Efkaristo. Efkaristo. Opa yeah. Yasu and Lachayim. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Ernie Anastas. I love you, buddy. Great love job. Back. I love you so much, Ernie Anastas. And he went from the Greek right to Lachayim. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. So every year come November, I make my way to Staten Island. And I do that for a man that is a dear, dear friend. His name is Teddy Atlas. Teddy Atlas is a Hall of Fame boxing trainer. And anybody who has met Teddy over the years who knows Teddy loves Teddy. I'm telling you, everybody loves Teddy. I know that he was in the ring with me for the very famous bout against my great late partner, Bernie McGurk, 20 years ago, Fear at the Pier. But our relationship uh, goes back even before that. Teddy has been a friend of mine forever. And every year, like I said, around Thanksgiving, he puts on this unbelievable charity event on Staten Island. And Teddy raises a ton of money for kids, very similar to Make-A-Wish, He has wonderful outreach there every year. I'm there, Phil Sims, Stephen A. Smith, uh, you know, Vander Holyfield. He's got actors, and everybody comes. So a couple of days ago when Willis Reed passed away, I thought about Teddy. He said, why is that? I'll tell you why. Because many years ago, Teddy gives out an award every year at this dinner called the Jack Newfield Award, which he gives to people in the media business, my business, that he believes represent integrity and great. So years ago, we won the award, me and Bernard. 
And unfortunately, I didn't get it till a year later because that was that November snowstorm that Bill de Blasio wasn't prepared for. I never got to Staten Island. But just this year, a couple of months ago, Marv Albert won that very prestigious Jack Newfield Award from Teddy Atlas. And when Willis passed away, yes, Walt Clyde Fraser came to mind, Earl the Pearl Monroe, Phil Jackson, Bill Bradley, Dave DeBusher, all of them. But Marv came to mind first because he was the voice of the Knicks. He's the greatest play-by-play announcer ever, and he's a dear friend. So I called Teddy, and I said, Teddy, can you help me get Marv for the show? And we all know that Marv did an unbelievable interview with me Wednesday morning, the day after Willis died. So with that said, here he is, my friend for a long time. Everybody loves him. A huge heart, big New Yorker, boxing great. The trainer, Teddy Atlas. Good morning, Teddy. How are you, pal? <laughs> we have any time left to talk, Sid, after that introduction? <laughs> it's all true, though, right? All of that. I, I don't know, but I appreciate it all. Uh, I appreciate it. It's uh, it's a little a little bit embarrassing, but I yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, see, you, you like that. You, you mean that. You're a very humble guy, despite the, the huge success and all the famous people that love you. You really do mean that. You're that... You're that type of guy. But I know that you had a personal relationship with Willis Reed, too. Was Willis not at, like, the first four or five of your dinners years ago? Yeah. He, you know, when I started the foundation, the Dr. Howard Foundation, I remember my father, who was a doctor who took care of people all through New York, sat down. And he uh, he actually built two hospitals so people could get proper health care, proper hospitalization when they couldn't afford it, when they didn't have the proper insurance. And he just put them in and covered it himself. And he did house calls till he was 80 years old for free for people that couldn't just couldn't get to a hospital. They they wound up uh, in a clinic. They they couldn't get the proper hospital care. There were no HMOs back then. And he just took care of people. And I figured that he should be remembered for living that kind of life. So we do, you know, not as good as him, but we help people get from point A to point B. If they need to fly out of state for a treatment program, and obviously they can't afford to do that, their insurance doesn't cover it, we take care of it. We fly them out. They need a wheelchair ramp, we put it up. Uh, A mother needs to pay cancer medication for $1,200 a month, (laughs) a single mom with five kids. And she can't afford that. The insurance don't pay it. Yet it paid for 200000 for the cancer surgery for the child. 200000 for that, but 1200 a month for the cancer medication, you know, it doesn't pay. We step in, we pay it, and we just fill the gaps. And um, we don't do any more than any other place, but we don't do any less. And you're good enough to come to help us raise money. I need people to come. I need celebrities to come to to get people to come, even though everyone says, Teddy, don't worry, don't worry. People come because they know what the cause is. They know all the money goes to that. And they're right. But to get it to the level we want to get to, you you do need, um, it's kind of like opening a restaurant. You need to put that light up in the air to, to tell people you're there. And that light was Willis Reed. The, the first year, you know, I had Jack Newfield. I had Willis Reed. I had Joe Spinelli, who used to be the New York Inspector General. I had a bunch of Staten Island politicians that were helping but that was about it. Chuck Webner came over, which was great. Yeah. Um, and But Willis was the main guy. And he came. And not only did he come, but it turned out that our dinner is always the Thursday before Thanksgiving every year. Always turns out that way. And his wife's birthday was 
on that day sometimes. And from what I understand, the only person tough in the family than Willis was his wife. And she, sometimes, you know, he brought her one year, and the, the other years they, they had a party set for her, and he said, Teddy, I, my wife, you know, I got to go to this. I said, I understand. Well, he showed up. Wow. He said, can I leave a little earlier mm. to get over there? Just mm. so I said, you could do anything you want, Willis. I, I can't believe you came. I appreciate it. So that's, look, we know the kind of ball player he was, but certain things are connected. For a guy to take a shot in his leg, you know, and where he's got a torn thigh muscle and go out there where he couldn't even walk and he couldn't play in the sixth game. And then, if I, my memory serves me correct, the great – Will Chamberlain scored about 45 points in that game and, and tied it 3-3, and now it was going into the seventh and final game. Yep. And the guy, the guy wasn't even walking, and he takes his shots, and he gets out on the court. That's connected. That kind of heart, everyone says, wow, that heart, that's a warrior. That's, you know, that's a samurai. That's, mm, you know, mm, that's a mm, Viking. Yeah, yep. it's all that. Yeah. But he, it's also a human being that yep. can display that heart in all areas. And he displayed it in this area by coming, like I said, the first year we needed that light to get people to come to build the foundation. He was that light. He was the guy that came. And then he came every year. He came wow. every year for like the next five, six years. Even when, like I just said, when <laughs> when it was very difficult. And um, that kind of character, again, I always say it in boxing, that kind of character plays out. Mm. It plays out not only in life, but in whatever arena it is that obviously that you're successful in, he, his was basketball. That character showed there. It was the same character that he that he lived his life with. It was consistent. He was that kind of man, uh, just a, a humble, special, strong human being that um, that we're gonna miss. We're, we're gonna we're, we forget about all the accolades on the court, as I just said. We're gonna miss him as just as a human being. What a beautiful eulogy right there from Hall of Fame boxing trainer, my dear friend Teddy Atlas here. And you're right, he did limp on the court for Game 7. By the way, he hit the first two shots that night. He can barely walk. And then Walt Clyde Frazier took over and scored 36 points, dished out 19 assists, and the Knicks killed the Lakers in that Game 7. But uh, he showed a, a lot of heart. And you mentioned boxing and heart. I had dinner last Thursday at Rayo's. A guy came up to me, I forgot his name. He was very nice all night. And he's best friends, Teddy, best friends, he was at least, with Arturo Gotti. And I used to love those Arturo Gotti, Mickey Ward fights. Everybody did. That was, that was all about heart, you know. And um, I, I don't really remember. I hate saying this because I'm not in the field like you are. I'm just a fan. I don't remember the last time I watched a fight, unfortunately. I'm not talking about MMA or UFC. I mean boxing, where I was like, wow, that was great. And I really miss that. Uh, why? Well, what is going on with the sport, Teddy, that the average guy who doesn't follow it closely like you do is being robbed of boxing? What's going on? Greedy promoters. What can I tell you? Some people go, ah, Teddy, Jesus, you know, they get mad. That's one of the reasons that you don't see me on ESPN regular anymore. It's because, you know, I, I had the audacity to say that. But it's greedy promoters, you know, where uh, they own their little piece of property. They have their network deal, and they want to build up their guys. They sign guys from the Olympics, from the Nationals, you know, from the amateur programs. They sign them up, and then they steer them. They navigate them to 20-0, and 15-0, you know, 18-0, whatever it is, and they're putting them in with raw meat. I hate, I hate to say it, but, 
you know, they're, they're, they're just putting them in with cannon fodder until they get to that big fight. And then when they get to that big fight, then, then you know, then everyone comes out to see that big fight. But week to week, week in and week out, you see non-competitive fights. That's the difference with boxing and UFC right now. UFC, week in, week out. You know, like Dana, hate Dana, I don't care. He knows what the hell he's doing. Dictators are good sometimes as long as they're lopping freaking heads off. They're good because they get it done the way they want to get it done. He cares about the brand of the UFC, so he makes sure that there's competitive fights every week. Yeah, no, but competitors, listen, I, uh, my, my late... has five power blocks. I know, but... Four, four, four guys, and they got their deals with the net, and they care yeah. only about making sure that they build up their yeah. guy, not for the sport, not for the fans. And the other answer to your question is, Sid, quite frankly, if they have a fight, you want to see the fight. You want to see Spence and, and Crawford. Everyone wants to see that welterweight, unify the welterweight title like they did back in the 80s with Leonard and with Durant and with, with Hearns and all those guys. You want to see that. Here's the problem. One promoter has one guy, another promoter has the other guy. They won't let them go and fight each other. The fight that the fans want, the fight that'll make the sport stronger, the fight you're talking about, the fight you'll get on your program that, that goes to millions of people on Monday morning and you'll talk about it. They won't put it on because they don't control both sides. That's the problem. Yeah. They will not allow a fighter to yeah. walk across the street yeah. to the other side to make the best fight possible unless they control both sides. I get it. I, I, yeah, I get it. I know Bob Aram. I know Aram and De La Hoya, some of those guys. But on the way out here, just a couple of minutes to go, Teddy, you know, you mentioned Dana White and UFC, and my late friend Bernie, he loved that sport. And I would say, he would say, man, I saw great fights on Saturday. And I would say, really, who? And I'm being honest. Half the time he was like, I don't even know their names, but they're great fights. That's not good enough for me. I need that marquee deal. I need to, even though Pacquiao Mayweather was a horrible fight, I couldn't wait to go see it. De La Hoya Mayweather, Tyson Lennox Lewis, terrible fight, but I couldn't wait to go see it. And you can say what you want about Dana White and that great boxing. No one knows who these people are. Boxing had the big names. It was a big night. It was more key. You're wrong, Sid. Sid, I'm going to tell you. Okay. You're wrong because the Dana has done a remarkable job building his base. His base, and it's getting larger and larger. It carried ESPN. Who do you think carried ESPN plug, uh, plus you know the the um, the app. When they opened up that app, boxing didn't cover, didn't carry that. True. They could have lost millions of me, and they did lose millions while they were building it up. But they built it up. UFC covered that. The base, the the base audience of UFC that Dana White has built carried that app, ESPN app. Without UFC, they would have been done. They would have been underwater. So. There, there are people that do connect with the names. You, I understand it. You don't, not yet at least, unless you really got involved in it. But there are people that they do. They know who Khabib is. They know who Conor McGregor is. They, they, they know Teddy, the names. Not Teddy, just, Teddy, not, Conor McGregor hasn't fought in five years. The last time he fought, he fought a bus. <laughs> so on. Conor McGregor, listen, he. He's like Tyson. He don't have, he's, he don't have to fight that often. He has become that star. You know, he, he has gone above the sport now. He, he was a pioneer that, kind of like Muhammad Ali, that brought, in, that brought in the money, the purses, to a level that had been seen in UFC. Ali did the same thing in boxing. And Conor McGregor did that. Then he did the crossover fight with Mayweather and 
one guy made a hundred million, the other guy made three hundred million, unheard of in one night. So that he he is an anomaly, not only um, in in his own way where he is that superstar, yeah. you know, that torch, um, that promoter. Yeah. yeah, he's not the fighter that he used to be. We understand that, but he still sells. But there, there's the guys out there to survive. Uh, uh, there, there's a guy named Volkanovski. They just fought an unbelievable fight. They, the, believe me, the fans of UFC, they connect with these guys. They identify with these guys. They, they know who these guys, they know their strengths. They know their styles. They know who's going to go on the mat and grapple. They know who's going to stand and strike the whole time. Yeah. So believe me, just the way that you, and you said it well, that you knew when you heard, when you heard the name Arturo Gatti, wow, I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get a firestorm. That's what I'm going to get. Mickey Ward. I'm going to get a firestorm. I'm going to, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, those guys. I'm, I'm going to get speed. I'm going to get finesse. And I'm also going to get a guy who's going to go and bring it. Yeah. You know, so you identified, you understood that. You followed it. Believe me. The people in UFC, it is not getting larger and larger and larger for no reason. They identify with these fighters. Right, listen, I've, fair enough. Look, I, I admit I'm stubborn. I'm old. I loved my boxing. Uh, um, I'm almost refusing, despite how many good things I hear about it, to go to the next sport. It's really on me. I get it because everybody does love it and all my friends watch it. And Dana's done a great job. But nothing got me more excited than a Mike Tyson fight in Las Vegas. And those days are gone. And maybe they just miss him. I don't know. I mean, I mean, you mentioned Leonard, and he even left out Marvin Hagler. How great he was. So there was just I, so oh, many. Hagler, about yeah, he, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, so many greatest, great fighters. One of, greatest, one of the greatest middleweights, yes, of all time, and and maybe the greatest southpaw, yep. of all time. Yeah, well, he wasn't a better southpaw than Rocky. Oh, that was a movie. <laughs> that was, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I loved it when they when he went back to fighting lefty. And Mickey had him fighting uh, right-handed the whole fight. And he's getting his ass kicked, and he goes, "Go ahead, you can use your left now." And he he won the fight. Hey, listen, uh, I love you so much, Teddy. Over the years, uh, you've been so great to me. Your dinners uh, every year, right before Thanksgiving, that is the highlight event. I mean this. That is far and away the highlight charity event of the year. And the the things you said about Willis Reed were beautiful. So thank you once again. I will see you and talk to you very soon. Teddy Atlas, I love you. Same here. Take care. Thanks, Sid. You got it, buddy. Teddy Atlas, right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. We'll take a short break on this Greek Independence Day. Come right back right after these short messages. Tomorrow is Greek Independence Day, and 77 WABC is celebrating today. 202 years of Greek independence. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oy. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC.
ELO that is going on hour number three of New York's favorite and number one talk show. That's me, sitting friends in the morning, Talk Radio 77, WABC. But a great show already. Curtis Sleva was here already. John Katzmatidis, my main man who owns and operates this station on uh, every day, 5 o'clock, Katz and Cosby, Sunday morning, the Katz Roundtable. He was great. Then we spoke to Ernie Anastas, my favorite ever news anchor in New York. And then moments ago, boxing Hall of Fame trainer, Teddy Atlas, still a calm, normal stop by at 825. He's always great. My dear friend and now Donald Trump's go-to attorney. He's on TV every day. Sean Hannity every day. He's going to be on with Al Sharpton and Chuck Todd this weekend. My friend of 43 years, the great defense attorney, Joseph Takapina. Then at 905, another great buddy, Frank Catania, one of the real stars of Real Housewives of New Jersey. One of the few people I like on that show. I used to like a lot of folks on that show. Now I hate them all. But I do love Frank, and he's coming in with two doctors, and I'll tell you why later. One, Dr. Rosenberg, not a relative, Dr. Paul Rosenberg and Dr. Abraham Pathak. They'll be in at 9.05. Tony Orlando, as we continue to celebrate Greek Independence Day, a great Greek man just a couple years ago was the Grand Marshal at the parade. He's on our station every weekend the very talented Tony Orlando will join us, too. So a lot to do here. But I did say earlier that this uh, President Trump nonsense, which I told you guys, I know at the risk of repetition, even before Bob Costello sat in front of a grand jury, well before I came in early, early Monday morning, as I do every morning, and I said, no, you ain't getting arrested tomorrow. How do you know? I said, don't worry about it, okay? I know. He's not getting arrested. Before Costello spoke. And of course I was right. He may still get arrested, I don't know, but every single newscast, even ours, the same thing every day. Is he getting arrested? When's he getting arrested? Is he getting indicted? When's he getting indicted? What are we going to do about it? So MSNBC, they don't stop. So today, Al Sharpton, that dickface, He's going on and on about some imagery that Donald Trump's been using to really, you know, gin up the base and get people angry. Because don't forget, you didn't hear from anybody else that Trump was going to get arrested other than Trump. He put it out on his social media Saturday, Truth Social. We had Boris Epstein on this week. He's on every week now. He's Donald Trump's right-hand guy. They're together all day, every day, counsel and senior advisor. And, you know, Trump really thought he was going to get arrested, and he wanted to make sure that if he did, everybody knew what a sham this was. But not only are smart people like me, Republicans and conservatives, we figured this out. Even Democrats are getting sick and tired of it. And I played this earlier this week, and it's worth playing again. The guy I love, Howard Stern. You don't like him? I don't care. I love him. His politics suck ass. I get it. In fact, he sounds stupid. Stupid and uninformed, I, I, I admit that, when he does some of these politics. But this week, he shocked me. Because, yes, he is one of the few, not very proud, daily Joe and Mika watchers. He watches MSNBC, folks, because he wants to. You know, they're celebrating 18 years of garbage. And he was on a couple of weeks ago, Stern, extolling their virtues. But even he's sick of it. Even he's had enough. Courtesy of Sirius XM, here's Howard Stern. I was watching MSNBC. I said they were going 
berserk with, uh, you know, Trump potentially being arrested. These indictment possibilities. It's the same discussion over and over again. They go, it's very possible that President Trump will be indicted uh, according to... First of all, Trump... We don't know, but... (laughs) And then they all come on the air and they're all discussing whether or not Trump's going to be indicted. I go, you know, why don't you sit tight and wait and see instead of, like, speculating? You don't have to speculate. This is... See, this is what my problem is with those news shows. They treat politics like sports you know when a sports when something like the super bowl is coming up you have two weeks to discuss what's going to happen in the super bowl they got listen they got to fill 24 hours a day they got plenty to to do so one of the guys that actually defended donald trump last night when it comes to this wrongful indictment is a guy that donald trump has been beating the living daylights out of almost every day ron DeSantis the governor down in Florida, and most of us believe that Ron is about to run for president, and the primary comes down to two men. As I've said many times on this show, I dub this, it's mine, the Donnie and Ronnie show. I don't want to hear about Tim Scott or Nikki Haley or Mike Pompeo or even Mike Pence, who was in these studios yesterday, took great pictures with John and Margo. You got no chance. It's Don and Ron, and that's it. And DeSantis, who's fired back just a little this week at Trump, not much. He's not on the same level as as Trump. If he plays that game, Trump will kill him. But DeSantis found a way to defend Donald Trump on this TV interview, which got a lot of viewers last night with Piers Morgan. Here it is, DeSantis talking about how wrongful it is to indict the former president, Lewis, Ron DeSantis, cut number one. You did a press conference this morning and you were responding to the reports, rumors of Donald Trump potentially being indicted. And you gave an interesting response, very sort of supportive of him in a way by saying, yeah, you know, I think what's happening there is outrageous. It's political posturing by this day and so on in New York, and they should be focused on more important things. But you also repeated twice you didn't have any knowledge of hush money being paid to porn stars. Was I right to feel that there was a slightly censorious tone to that, that that kind of thing is just not anything you would ever get involved with? Well, I think it's there's a lot of speculation about what the underlying conduct is. That is purported to be it. And, you know, the reality is that's just outside my wheelhouse. I mean, that's just not something that I can speak to. So, uh, you know, I hope it doesn't come to where you end up seeing this going forward. I mean, look, if you are a very strident prosecutor in disguise on the left and you're not prosecuting a lot of crimes, Manhattan's gotten uh, less safe, you're going to go after somebody on the other side for some novel offense, uh, that just does not inspire confidence, and people see that as weaponizing the justice system. So, so I think it's fundamentally wrong to do that. And um, you know, I just made it be known. But who, you know, we'll see. Maybe it won't come to that. I mean, I, we haven't seen anything firm yet. So I mentioned the fact that Joseph Tacopina, been a friend of mine for forty-three years. Forty-three. He grew up on uh, Bedford and X. I grew up on East Twenty Second and Quentin. We took the same carpool together. His late father, Cosmo, my late father, Harvey, to Poly Prep. And we've stayed very close all these years, 43. Now he gets hired by Donald Trump about six weeks ago. Now he is a media darling, a superstar. And he does it all. Ari Melber, MSNBC, Aaron Burnett, CNN. He's doing Sharpton tomorrow. Chuck Todd, meet the press on Sunday. And, of course, Sean Hannity, Mark Levin. He's on with me, of course, at least once a week, every Friday. In fact, he's coming up. In about 20 minutes, 
But he was on with Katz last night, Katz and Cosby, and he talked about how he thinks this fat loser, this disgusting racist Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, Takapina uh, talked last night on how he thinks Bragg should handle this. This, Lewis, is cut number six. Because of all the pressure that's been brought down on Alan Bragg, especially after Pomerantz went out and revealed grand jury secrecy, a secret information from the grand jury in violation of New York State penal law, and he did all those things and, and, and put more pressure on Alan Bragg, making it look like he was being soft on Trump, which is not good for his, his constituents or, more importantly, his financiers, you know, he became pressured to do something well. The way to take that pressure off your shoulders is say, look, I put the evidence before a grand jury and the grand jury voted no true bill and there's nothing more I can do. And, and no one could ever, ever fault him for that. Um, and, and that's his way out here. That's the graceful way out, because once that happens, no one could attack Alan Bragg anymore for saying you were too soft on Trump. And on the other hand, no one could attack Alan Bragg for saying you brought a case. That is unwinnable, that is going to divide this country, that is going to create horrific precedent. Takapina coming up at 840. Another one of Trump's attorneys, Evan Corcoran, is set to testify later on today on another bunch of nonsense, Mar-a-Lago. Four cases out there, all nonsense, all of them. January 6th, nonsense, Mar-a-Lago, nonsense, that case in Georgia, nonsense, and the case here in New York, nonsense. But Corcoran is set to testify later on today, and that's what these people do. They just sit around all day and, and do this. There was one interesting, uh, one more, from DeSantis with Piers Morgan last night because Morgan actually asked Ronnie some of the differences between him and Trump, and DeSantis had an answer. And it was a COVID answer. Here is Ron DeSantis again with Piers Morgan. Difference between him and Trump, cut number two. What do you think of the differences? Well, I mean, I think there's a few things. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the approach to COVID w- was different. I mean, you know, I would have fired somebody like Fauci. Uh, I think that he got way too big for his britches, and I think he did a lot of damage. Uh, I also think just in terms of my approach to leadership, you know, I get personnel in the government who have the agenda of the people and share our agenda. If you bring your own agenda in, you're gone. We're just not going to have that. So the way we run the government, I think, is no daily drama, focus on the big picture, and put points on the board. And I think that that's something that's very important. How about that? Ron DeSantis, I would have fired Anthony Fauci. All right, what a great show already. Still lots more to do this hour. Noam is always great coming up next. And then... Famed defense attorney Joseph Takapina. Keep it right here. The number one show in New York. Sitting friends in the morning. Rolls on. Is Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC.
So we've got uh, Fox News on inside the studio. We've got like 10 TVs here. This uh, young lady who I knew down in Miami when I was a star there, Lauren Lynn Lococo, just put something on Facebook. And it said, I'll be watching. Well, it turns out that Brian Kilmeade on Friday mornings on Fox and Friends promotes. Is this Tony Orlando? Oh, I knew it. Yeah, Tony. He's coming on at 920 to celebrate Greek Independence Day. The great Tony Orlando. Thank you for that, Lou. So it turns out that every Friday morning, Brian Kilmeade promotes who's coming on his very popular Fox News Saturday night TV show, One Nation, 8 p.m. on Fox News. And he uh, put up a picture moments ago, and it says, One Nation, tomorrow, 8 p.m. And there are pictures of Carl Rove, Devin Nunes, me, and Ray Kelly, the great police commissioner, Greg's dad. Nice picture of me. So I'll be on tomorrow night. Brian Kilmeade's One Nation. I'm taping the show today, so I'm uh, dressed up today. I've not put on my orange sport jacket yet. I'm saving that for the actual taping. Taping comes up at 2 o'clock. So I'll spend a couple of hours here, celebrate Greek Independence Day with the folks, then walk over to Fox News, and the segments are always great with me and Brian, and people love it when I'm on because I'm great, and I'm going to look great, and uh, you can watch it tomorrow on TV. You're going to watch it, Lou? As long as they uh, check your jacket in the camera lenses and make sure the color's all good. And yeah, the colors, yeah, like they do pop. overwhelmed when I'm turning No, you'll it. be overwhelmed. Oh, oh I wear right. like I wear on. reds and yellows and oranges, and I don't go there with like a blue jacket and a red tie. I mean, give me a break. And Joseph Aboud is getting the popcorn ready right Damn now, Damn right. Think. Well, it's two of them. Ready. It's Joseph Aboud, and of course, they also buy my clothing at uh, the garage in Brooklyn. Anthony, both of those guys have done great by me. Before we get to Norm's report, if I talk about diners today, Greek independence, and I'm being completely serious when I ask this question, is that, like, disrespectful? I don't think so, because John Katsimatidis brought up diners earlier, and he's the, you know, the main man. So it's not, right? It can't be. But I think of Greeks, I think of diners. I think of one other thing, but well, I can't talk about that. Why not? You want me to? Yeah. Well, when my nephew was seven, he used to drop change. Okay, we got to go. <laughs> I just looked at the clock. I don't know yeah, what the heck go. I was thinking about. Would... My favorite diner, just so you know, I mentioned this earlier, is the Oasis Diner, Flappish Avenue in Brooklyn, George and Peter. They're great guys, and that's my favorite diner. You have a favorite diner, Louis? Well, definitely uh, time I spent in Astoria, the Neptune. Now, where was that? It was right. You could not miss it. It was leading right to the Triborough. Oh, to oh, all the side the, going into. You know, I'm uh, such Manhattan. an idiot. I, I'm an idiot. It's right by the tracks. So, do you know that when yes. when I had that secret meeting, which Mike Brancessa still denies to this day, Didn't that happen. nearly got me fired down in Florida. Didn't happen. Yeah, because I had to tell them I was sick, and they found out I lied and, and flew to New York what to meeting? meet with Chernoff and Francesa. No, because he was going to hire me and Max Kellerman. That lunch took place. At the Neptune Diner. I'm, I'm sure. It was close yeah. to the station. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. You could still be out of the way. Yeah. We Noam, you've got a favorite diner, Noam? Um, the Candlewick in uh, in East Rutherford. That's a really it good one. It doesn't even sound like a diner. It sounds stupid. Well, it's good, though. You, it's one of those places, if you go there, oh, you good. wait to get a table. Oh, good. Which is, you know, that tells you it must be pretty good. No, it's a restaurant. Like, when I was a kid, there was a place on uh, Avenue M in Brooklyn. 
and it was called uh, Caraville. Everybody loved it there. They had great cheese fries. In fact, my friend Billy, who ran Caraville, now has a diner on King's Highway in Brooklyn, the townhouse. And uh, George, his uh, cousin, had a steakhouse for a long time. But that was a big deal. And you had the Arch and the Vegas Diner and whatever you just uh, said. No, it doesn't even sound like a diner. Well, I, I don't know if it's a Greek diner. I'll have to yeah. check next time I'm there. There was a place called El Greco Diner, too, in Sheepshead Bay, which made a very good uh, grilled cheese sandwich. What's your, your report today? What do you got for me? You know, you get to meet a lot of oddballs in the tri-state. It's really fun sort of being a reporter because you just you can ask just strange people strange questions and they want to be on the air, so they'll talk to you. And that's the case here with um, Joseph DeRuvo. He's from uh, Norwalk, Connecticut, and he has spent his entire adult life with no shoes on. He decided, what? yeah, he decided 25 years ago. <laughs> Talking about that, he wasn't going to wear shoes. Now, I don't mean just at home, which is no big deal. Everywhere. I mean he goes everywhere. This means in and out of stores, what? out in the cold weather. Uh, no shoes. Any place that will let him in, he will go in with no shoes. And if they don't let him in, then he just walks back out. Oh, it's a, a disciplined second. movement. What's that? Is, before I get back to this, mm-hmm. uh, Charlie Marino checks in. He says the Esquire Diner in Ozone Park. So you're telling me this guy, no matter where he goes, right. doesn't wear shoes. He does not wear shoes. No, he doesn't like shoes. It's a disciplined movement. I mean, I, it, it doesn't allow you to be absent-minded when you're walking around. You, you have to be conscious where you're stepping and where you're placing your foot and, and how you're rolling off your foot and you know i have i have pretty perfect vision six feet out in front of me you know i mean i'm always scanning where i'm walking yeah of course that's the biggest deal is you know <laughs> first of all he's walking barefoot <laughs> yeah. but you think like yeah you could really hurt yourself because there's all kinds of garbage on the street glass and, uh, there's a lot of glass yes and yeah. he says over and, the and years, by the way hy- hypodermic needles of course <laughs> yeah and uh, over the years, he has stepped in some of that stuff. <laughs> so, and duty. What about uh, dog I, duty? I did not and ask human him. duty. I imagine he probably has, you know, yeah. because we all have. So the um, the re- one of the reasons he first started doing it is that he has bunions and really bad ones. Oh, they're very painful. And he can't get surgery because he's allergic to metal. <laughs> so that's where he came up uh, with the sawdust taking off his shoes. Uh, and he says, yes, people, you know look at him strange because he's you know he's yeah. like walking into a store or a restaurant with no shoes on and Not people just are like strange it's disgusting yeah like i complained the other day about these idiots that take their dogs everywhere which i experienced again yesterday down in battery park into the mall brookfield plaza into restaurants they put them in uh, baby carriages yeah, gross i mean they're sick these people yeah dogs don't belong in restaurants no this may be even more gross I, you know I would not want to see someone barefoot coming oh, into God, no. anything, a no. store or restaurant. But this guy somehow gets away with it. And uh, well, here's he talks about that. Yeah, he's gotten lots of strange looks. In fact, every day he gets strange looks. When I don't feel the ground, I just get a little bit edgier than, than I normally <laughs> am. And that's that's a little bit edgy. So, so being able to feel the ground really just kind of helps uh, literally ground me. It kind of gives me a calm. There is a meditative, there is a prayerful process uh, about it. All right. So the lucky part is, is he's a Pilates instructor, so you can get barefoot doing that. Right. Of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah. um, the interesting thing is, is that he thinks it's actually made him stronger and healthier. So when he goes in for a doctor's checkup, normally, you know, they take your pulse at your wrist. But in his case, his ankles are so much stronger that they take his pulse at his ankle. Oh my god! <laughs> which is this just is unbelievable. 
<laughs> this is unbelievable. Uh, well, yeah. What's this guy's name? Joseph DeRuvo Jr. He is, lives in he, Norwalk, Connecticut. Has he started some type of craze? Are, are a lot of people now doing this because of him? Or No. No, no. No, I, I mean, I, I walk <laughs> yeah. around Midtown, everybody's got shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> how do you find these stories? I I don't know how you find. You know, them. you just got to keep your nose to the ground. You so. are the best, man. You really are the best. I love you. Thank you, Noam. Sure, great job. So not only was uh, this um, girl Lynn watching Fox News on Facebook, but the WFAN legend Joe Beningo just texted me. He says, "Sid, I heard your great interview with Marv Albert, the greatest basketball announcer of all time. It was great. Also." I see you're going to be on Brian Kilmeade's show on Saturday. Make sure you ask him what has happened to Fox News. Off the air, of course. All the love, Joe. Isn't that Bro. unbelievable that there's Beningo? He's watching Fox News. I mean, this guy. Absolute uh, buffoon. I, I, Luke, I mean, you couldn't make this up 15 years this ago. This would never have happened. Never. I not even see him doing it. He would look up at the screens if there was news and say, what, 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 who's indicted doing what? <laughs> right. Bro, is that Ewing? Yeah. Tr- oh, God, but no. Donald Trump, Trump uh, has made him crazy. So all these folks that are watching Fox News this morning just saw my face on Fox News because I'll be a guest of Brian Kilmeade's TV show tomorrow night about nine minutes ago. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Frank Catania, Real Housewives of New Jersey, is about to come in with two doctors. And there's a bunch of folks at the station who are like excited to meet Frank. Noam Layden, Kevin Droz, big um, Housewife fans. So Frank will be here at 905. He's a nice guy. Then we'll talk to the, uh, the great Tony Orlando, music hall of famer, because he's Greek and we are celebrating Greek Independence Day today, even though the holiday is actually tomorrow. So there are three things you can count on in life these days. Three things. Death, taxes, and Joe Tacopina on TV. This guy's on every day. And why is that? Why? Because he is now Donald Trump's go-to attorney. Donald Trump, a great hire. Him and Boris Epstein. And whether Tack is beating up Barry Melbourne on MSNBC, he'll beat up Sharpton tomorrow. And he'll beat up my friend Chuck Todd on Sunday and meet the press. We're hanging out with Sean Hannity and Mark Levin. There's nobody who knows the law better. Widely recognized as America's best trial attorney. Listening, Chuck. And, of course, famed defense attorney. And most importantly, my dear, dear friend for 43 years. Here he is, the great Joseph Tacopina. What up, superstar? I'm tired, brother. I'm tired. You should be, man. Long week, man. Oh, my God. I mean, night shows. I know. Midday shows. And by the way, while while you're doing all this, it's important that people know you are still running, along with uh, DiOrio and and Chad there, a major law firm and and on the phone with President Trump 10, 20 times a day with his stuff. So (laughs) are you kind of working along with doing all this TV stuff? Yeah, a little bit of work. Yeah, and also have a big trial coming up for him in a month. So, you know, a month from today, we start that that trial in the Southern District of New York that, you know, civil rape claim from 27 years ago in the Bergdorf Goodman locker changing room. Oh, so, so, uh, so that, know, starts a, that starts a week from today, the actual trial? No, no, 
a month from today, April 24th. A month from today. And why, can I ask you something? Because, you know, it's funny. You and I, you can't be closer. You and I are as close as any two guys can get. But I never really ask you, you you, you can admit this, attest to this. I've never really asked you any of the intimate details on what you're doing for Trump. I don't even know what case you're working on. Why is this going right to trial? Listen, you know, the judge in in federal court had set a a fast trial schedule. It was filed in November, this case, and he wants a quick trial. So a quick trial he'll get, and we'll go. I told him, you know, we'll be ready. We'll be ready tomorrow if we have to be ready. Um, It's, you know, it's a case I'm I'm eager to try. Let's put it that way. No, you're going to win. You're going to win easily. You know, uh, all these uh, cases out there, whether it's the one he hired you for in a month or the four we we always talk about, that MSNBC and CNN can't stop talking about Georgia and Mar-a-Lago on January 6th and this nonsense with Alvin Bragg here in New York. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess they can figure out a way to indict him on something, but all four of those are really losers. I mean, real losers. Yeah, look, uh, you know, what, what my biggest issue here with this whole process is we don't in this country pick the person and find the crime. That's not what we're supposed to do. You know, in, in, in Nazi Germany, in, in communist Soviet Union, in, in, in China, that's what they do. Um, it's not what we do here. And unfortunately, this this justice system is being weaponized to the point where it's being turned on its head. And it's, it's, it makes me feel really unhappy about being part of this profession when I see this. And it also gets me very angry. It's why I, I'm really so, so um vehement in my defense of, mm. of President Trump when it comes to these cases. Um, it's uh, something that I just I've never thought I'd see in my lifetime, and unfortunately, we're here. We're here. I mean, we've seen this in our lifetime, Joe. I, yeah, look, I, I'm right there with Not you like with this, President this. Trump. Not like this, brother. Not like uh, this. I, no, I got something worse, uh, uh, Joe. I got something worse. There'd be a former running back who'd be banging white chicks and playing golf every day who murdered two people. I mean, what I, the O.J. Simpson trial was when I started to lose, being honest, that's when I started to lose some of my faith. And I know we have the best justice system, and you practice in Italy, so you know how bad it is every place else. But the O.J. Simpson trial really opened my eyes to how silly stuff gets here and how whether it's a jury that's a bunch of racists because they're all black or a DA or an AG or whatever it may be, that case opened my eyes before this. But, yes, this is what I've seen but here, which I've never seen before. That's the system getting it wrong, right? And yeah. that'll happen once in a while. But they, they didn't just get it wrong. Like they, 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 they weaponized it because they were, they were black, a black jury against a, a black. But what I'm seeing here, which I've never seen before, is the attack on one person, uh, yes. Joe, coming from everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, what, it's what really is, 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 is disturbing to me. Um, you know, look. We should all, and I've said this many times, I know most of, of your listeners said and are, are, are we more conservative, but, but, you know, we should all as a country um, seriously be concerned about weaponization. You know, all decent people, whether politically opposed to Trump or supportive of his candidacy, should be concerned about the weaponization of a prosecutor's office for political purpose of preventing a potential candidate from running for office. And, and I, just, I'm, I, I just am shocked at what I'm saying. Yeah. I really am knowing the facts of this case. Knowing the law of, of campaign finance law, um, there is no violation. There's not not a cl- nothing close to a yeah. violation. It's not even a bad act. <laughs> um, that's what really. And, and yet we're talking about an indictment. When you go out yes. in Manhattan, look at the amount of violent crime that's occurring out there. Um, so it's really it's a scary, scary. Situation. It is, but but I want to tell you something. So MSNBC all morning long, from the moment I started this show, Joseph, at six o'clock this morning, there's Al Sharpton, and you're going to be on with Al tomorrow. And Dal has a little scroll he's running underneath him, and he's talking all morning long about the, and I quote, 
the violent imagery that Donald Trump has been putting out there, talking about Alvin Bragg, here's Al Sharpton defending this fat loser DA Manhattan, Alvin Bragg, and and talking about, quote-unquote, violent imagery. So when you go on with Al Sharpton tomorrow, make sure he knows he's acting like a big jackass. Yeah, you know, look, the Reverend's the Reverend. I have to have a good relationship with him. Uh, he awarded me, you know, for his National Action Network, the Humanitarian, Humanitarian of the Year Award thing. So wow. I'm good with him. But he has his role, you know, he has his role and purpose. And, and you know, he and Donald used to be, he and Trump used to be really good friends. Um, not so much anymore. But they used to be. <laughs> and, uh, so, but by the so, way, but he is friends with conservatives. I mean, I've been told by people, and maybe I'm going to blow his cover, I don't care, that he's actually friends with Sean Hannity, Al Sharpton. He is. He is. Yeah. I mean, look, um, that's I have to like him. I really do. Look, he knows his role and, and he's got to do his thing. He's got to play to his audience. And that's what he does. But, you know, I, I he, he certainly uh, he, he's not he's not all one sided yeah. in any stretch. And, and we'll see what happens tomorrow. I, I don't expect them to be particularly uh, um sort of supportive. Of <laughs> yeah. But you know, there's not a question in this case I can't answer. That's why I'm not afraid. I like right. no, to be on the, the network. You know, just be fair. Just be fair and straight and we'll be fine. Well, I got to give you credit because earlier this morning, John Katsimatidis joined me at 7 o'clock. And later on tonight, for example, Joseph, on this station, they're giving an hour of talk to Andrew Cuomo. Now, I think Andrew Cuomo is the biggest scumbag I've ever created. You may like him. I don't know. He's Italian, blah, blah, blah. He's responsible for 18,000 deaths here in New York City. He's an arrogant prick. I can't stand him. But I'm okay with him being on the air because I want to hear the next lie this guy's got to say. And I, I believe that everybody has a right to speak. And the beauty about this station is whether it's a Democrat, Mayor Eric Adams on with me, or Cuomo on tonight, we allow everybody to speak. I love that about this station. And that's John Katzmatidis. How does this apply to you? So far in yeah, the last no, I- week, you've done Ari Melber. You're doing Al Sharpton, and you're doing Chuck Todd on Sunday. That says a lot. Yeah, I'm not afraid to. I don't need to just be on the the Fox News where, you know, they, they understand the outrage that should be occurring here. and They're very pro, you know, President Trump when it comes to this investigation. Um, I, I, I like to answer the tough questions, too. And I don't, I, you know, just be fair. Don't be nasty. Don't be, uh, you know, petty. Be fair. Ask questions, understand the facts, and 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 don't don't skew the facts. If you do that, there's no problem going anywhere. But they're all going to do that. I mean, I don't even know if we're waving that receipt on TV. I wanted to punch him across the well, face. It was a receipt. It was a copy of a check that was not a fact in dispute. Yeah, right. Donald Donald Trump signed a check to uh, Michael Cohen for legal services based on their voice. Yeah. He was waving that around like I was like, let me see that. You know, what is that? It was, it, was, it, was, it was so. It was so theater, it was not even funny. But listen, well, listen. most importantly, let's get to the heart of the issue. The Rangers beat the Hurricanes last night. Uh, that was a big a win. Statement case. Uh, I agree and with Pete you. Morgan texted me. Pete Morgan texted me about going to the game Tuesday night with you in his suite. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Oh, you're coming Tuesday, too? I think so. I was going to go with my son, Matt. But, I, I, you know, maybe Pete might have a seat for Matt, too. So, yeah, yeah I'd, love, I'd love to go up again. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. The four of us, yeah. me, Pete Morgan, yeah. Joe, and Matt Takapina. That would be fantastic. And that, that was a huge win last night. Uh, you're right about that. That was, a, And, look, they're, they're exciting. I, look, I, I know the, the Bruins are almost unbeatable. And the Rangers, for some reason, they just don't match. For some reason, they don't match up against Boston. No team does. But when you look at the individual talent on any hockey team, I'm talking about three lines of all-stars. No one has a bet in the Rangers. Best goalie in the world. 
best one of the the second best defensemen in the NHL. I mean, no one has that level of talent. Boston's not even close. Boston is a great team. They're playing great team hockey. Um, but the playoffs are different, Sid. The playoffs are different. Yeah. You need one hot goalie. Yep. And, you know, Shesterkin is, when he's hot, he's, there's no one that's even no, close I agree with to that. him. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm not so scared about Boston. We got okay. Obviously, we have to get through the Devils in the first round, but let's see what happens. I'm scared of both. Uh, now, before we, we wrap this up, you've made a career, Joe Takapina, and this is a testament to how great you are. Again, Chuck Todd is going to say this on Sunday. You are the... Uh, the most recognized, the best trial lawyer in America today, best defense attorney. And you have not shied away from representing famous people, whether it's been uh, Alex Rodriguez, Meek Mill, Leonardo DiCaprio, Boxy Brown, Joran Vandersloot, uh, Lilo Brancato, the list goes on and on. And you, you, you win almost every time, if not every time. Um, but this one's different. This is President Trump. So my question to you is very simple. When this trial is over in a month and you win and you will win, how do you go back to work? <laughs> like, how do you beat this? And get some guy in Brooklyn who's like suing his uh, sanitation guy. I mean, come on. <laughs> First thing I'm doing is taking a month off. That's for sure. You are, right? I saw myself on TV on Monday. Then I saw myself on TV last night. And my face is slowly falling towards the ground. <laughs> no, you look I great. Need, Stop I need a it. Time, man. No, you look well, I'll great. Do, I'll do it. You're a handsome guy. You look great. But uh, this is, it's been very exciting, and I'm happy that the president did hire you. And now he knows what I've known for a very long time. There's nobody better. Thank you for doing this today. I'll be watching you on Sharpton, MSNBC tomorrow. Chuck Todd, Meet the Press, NBC on Sunday. And I'll talk to you again. I'll see you Tuesday at the Ranger game. Okay, brother. I love Thanks. you. All right, pal. There he is, great defense attorney Joseph Tacopina. So a lot more to come in the 9 o'clock hour. Tony Orlando, Frank Catania, a whole bunch of good stuff, baby. Macedonia, Phil. The Macedonians hated the Greeks. But uh, yet Phil, this phony bastard, is here celebrating today like um, like he started Greek mythology. What do you want me to do? You want me to just to be mad? Well, you I want, want me you to, to walk be honest. Start flipping tables? Your family killed the Greeks. Oh, wait, what? There's a lot of them. There's a lot of Greeks, and there's not that many people in my family. <laughs> okay, bye. I don't think you did that. I take it back. We'll be right back after <laughs> Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. All right, week Independence Day, we celebrate today. We're going to talk to the superstar Tony Orlando coming up at 930 and then Canadian billionaire, billionaire, Steve Apostopoulos. And if I said that right, it's a miracle. Uh, he'll join us at about uh, 940. Folks, as you know, we ran a contest all week long here to win the Global Security Group Concealed Carry Permit Training. I gave you all week to enter to win, and today's the day. So right now, I'm going to announce the winner, and here it is. Craig Briones of Staten Island has won. So, Craig, if you're listening, congratulations to you. 
Our promotions team will be contacting you today with all the details. Congratulations to Craig Briones of Staten Island. He has won free training with Global Security Group, concealed carry permit, all that good stuff. It's now legal, thanks to the Supreme Court, for law-abiding citizens to carry a gun. And even though the NYPD is the best in the world, we love them. It's gotten so bad in this city, now you have to defend yourself. Anyway, my next guest can defend himself without a gun. That's how big he is. He's one of the stars and the most likable character, I will tell you. Not really characters, it's real life, but on Real Housewives of New Jersey, he's a, a really, really good friend of mine. Dolores' ex-husband, but enough of that already. Who cares? He is a Frank Catania. He's also got two doctors in the studio with him today, Abraham Pathak and Paul Rosenberg. No relation. We'll get to them and why they're here coming up. First of all, Frank, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Thanks for having me again, as always. You look great. You're tan. You got new teeth. I did that because every time I come in here, you're darker than me. You're yeah. prettier than me. You're more handsome than me. That hasn't changed, by the yeah, way. No, 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 come on. <laughs> no, you really do look amazing. Thank you look you. great. Thank you, bro. You look great. I'm happy. You are happy. I'm happy. Yeah. You well, you're, you're happy because you have Britney, so you're happy. Oh, oh, you're in the, love. Regardless of why I'm happy, I'm happy. Yeah. I met her for the first time at that movie screening yes. uh, just about a month ago. I never met her before. What a lovely, lovely girl. So. Isn't she? She's great. She? She's happy, Always. smiley, doesn't seem phony. I just, I really like her. So did Danielle and so did Gabriel. Thank you. So. Thank you very much. I know you guys are very happy. You're very much so. All right. Very much You can so. tell. Look at you. Look at you. Big smile. Smile, smile. See, now you, now you got new teeth. You're just going to smile all the time. <laughs> Where'd you oh, get these teeth at? I have the Smile Texas down in Houston, Texas. Now, you have uh, you have a good friend there or something? Yes, I do. I have my best, best friend from high school down there. I remember years ago, your son Frankie went to an Astros baseball game with you and your buddy. I'm like, what is Frankie doing in Houston? But that explains it, I guess. Exactly right. A good, good man. Good man from high school. One of my oldest, dearest friends. So he's a Jersey guy. He's a Jersey guy. Sure okay. he is. Moved to Houston. Talking about uh, Jersey, the uh, the housewives of New Jersey, we're about midway through the season. Enjoying it so far? No. Not at all, right? No. Yeah. Not at all. It's, it's miserable. It's a rough year. It's yeah. a very rough year. It's a year. rough year. And, yeah. it, and you know, it, it, it just keeps getting worse. I yeah. mean, the fighting and the inroads. But the guy, listen to me. The guys have fun. We enjoy ourselves. No, you don't. I do. You like being famous. No, I just like having fun. That's fun? What does famous get you? Nothing, really. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's not okay for me, but... You know? (laughs) Exactly right. But that's just me. I... uh... People always ask me, they go, hey, let me ask you, you're friends with Frank and you've known the other ladies along the way. Is that stuff real? Like, in real life, I go, it's worse in real life. It's tamed down on television. Sid, that's exactly what I say. It not only is real, we try to keep it toned down. In real life, it's worse. Worse? It's worse. Worse. And it it keeps just getting worse. But you see, you're smart because now you've kind of separated yourself from that a bit. You've got your own life with Britney because for a long time you were just, oh, you were just Dolores' ex-husband, that big guy. And she's got her own boyfriend now. God bless her and that. Jesus, good luck with that. Um, but uh, now you've got your own life, and you have to worry about this nonsense, right? That's it. I go on. I just have a good time. I try to stay out of the, you know, the, 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 the trouble and, and everything going on, the drama. You don't need that stuff. Yeah. No, you don't no, need but, it. It, but it's getting harder and harder, I Sid. know. I know. That's why you need to have your own show, a spinoff show, Frank and Brittany. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just got this text, and you'll appreciate this. Tell Frank on air. You ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. Stepano is down the shore waiting for him. Oh, there you go. Please, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He now, what, say, what, what is that about? That's because all, all last summer, Stefano disappeared. He all did? Right? No, he didn't even hang out with us. He didn't even hang out with us. He's down the shore the whole time. Do you blame him? Yeah, sure, I blame him. Wait, wait a second. 
He shouldn't be down. He has a beautiful house. Which is honestly less than a quarter mile away from my shore house. Oh, so oh, so you're both in the shore. Exactly. And he still stayed away. Thank you. Clearly he doesn't like you. you know, I, I said you know, to That's him. obvious. You, know? you don't <laughs> got to be a doctor to figure that out. <laughs> you hear that? You hear that, Stefano? All right. <laughs> I, you know, Steve was in these studios about three weeks ago. Good man. Because March, and you guys know this, Paul and Abraham, March is actually Colon Cancer Awareness Month. And Steve works with a guy named uh, George Pavlu in the biggest gastro place in New Jersey. And they help with uh, these types of things, obviously. And, you know, the, the good news about, uh, you know, this uh, Paul Rosenberg, about colon cancer is it may, I think it's the only cancer that is preventable. Treatable, obviously, but preventable. Is that true? It is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know this yeah. stuff. I have no. I could be a doctor, too. I could be a doctor. I do what I want to be. So what, uh, what uh, medicine do you practice exactly? Uh, <clears throat> Dr. Pathak and I practice uh, plastic and reconstructive surgery over in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Oh, really? Plastic and reconstructive. I used to live in Tenafly, New Jersey, right next door. In fact, uh, my picture was up at the Tenafly Diner next to Siggy Flicker for about five years. Um, Why is it down? Uh, because well, I'm, I don't live there anymore. And okay. then I went to Florida for like 10 years. All right. Now he wants a new copy, though, the guy. Uh, and Abraham, Abraham Pathak, uh, so you guys are partners? Right. Is it just the two of you? Just two of us. Okay. So then how does Frank Catania, this beautiful uh, hunk of a man, come across uh, you two doctors, Frank? How'd that happen? Listen, you know, it, I, I was referred to them I mean, for, for mere, you know, simple Botox. Right. And, and Just for there. Botox? Just so for so Botox. you guys do Botox, too? We do. All right. We do I, 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 very, very, very strong recommendation. I went there. I liked their office. The office is beautiful. I go in. Actually, you know, we start talking. Get it into, you know, and, and my, and men our age. You right. Know. Did I mean, they know who you were before? Uh, no, they didn't. You, they you guys didn't. don't watch the show? Yeah. We do. Now they're fans. Oh, now they now oh, they're right. Yeah, exactly. right, so you showed up. They didn't know you. Now you they know, become yeah, big yeah. fans, exactly. right? Exactly. Because so. whenever I mention one of the, the names, they start to smile like they know what I'm talking about, <laughs> which is really uncomfortable, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> So, so, I, so I sat with them, and we're talking about, you know, as we get up there, men getting up in there in age, all right? And, and I heard before, not only do they do um, corrective surgery on plastic surgeons who have done the work on other people have, have been botched, to say the least. Right. We're talking oh, I like that show, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, didn't, I didn't even say that. Oh, yeah, I like that show. Right. He, he's the husband from Real Housewives of, is it Beverly Hills or Orange County? I'm, I'm not sure. One of those shows. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we're there, and I, and, I, and I said to them about, hey, listen, men our age, said, you know the deal. We start doing hormone replacement because we try to replace the testosterone that our body doesn't produce anymore. But unfortunately, as a result of it, we start getting some side effects. Some right? big boobies. I, I, right. I, I, like, put it, lack of a better word, they yeah. call bitch tits. Right. Kind of, kind <laughs> well, you can't say that word. You got to dump it. Right, right. You can say titties. Oh, I can say that? Yes. All right. All right. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that's <laughs> yeah. what they're called. Yeah. All right. So, the, the, so the, estrogen uh, doesn't cure that? Because no, a lot uh, of guys take estrogen pills, too. Est estrogen. Creates that. No, but I, I thought when you mix the estrogen with the testosterone, then you no the estrogen. No. You're supposed to t t mix in the estrogen blockers. Blockers. Right? But okay. on what happens, it gets to the point sometimes before that where honestly now you're behind the eight ball. You're already chasing it. Yeah. And so I'm talking to the doctors, and I'm gonna, and they said, "Well, that's what we handle." I said, "What do you mean that's what you handle?" And they, they they showed me some examples of what they do, how they correct it, back to the point where you looked prior to any hormone replacement. Wow! And, and it looks, and I got to be honest with you, it looked incredible. Really? It well, you don't have that problem. Yet. No, I do. Really? I, yes, I do. Take a shot off. I don't want to I'm kidding. Shot. I don't want to show off. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I see um, uh, Phil Mickelson. I think I've seen a couple of times wearing like a golf shirt. And it looks like he. He looks like Dolly Parton, to be honest with you. But I'm not sure what that's about. So, so we'll start. We'll talk to both of you gentlemen. Paul, what, uh, what is that all about? And how difficult of a surgery is that? And how popular is that surgery these days? Well, as Frank said, 
gynecomastia is the creation and the growth of, of breast tissue, uh, glandular tissue and fat in a man's breast. And it can be very unsightly. It can make a man not want to go to the gym or take his yeah. shirt off. Yeah. And there are great treatments for that now, uh, both even in patients that haven't used hormone replacement therapy. And that includes uh, lipo contouring, lipo sculpting with very, very fine cannulas to remove the excess tissue and uh, very careful transplantation of fat from other areas like the flanks and the yeah. and the uh, your butt your butt uh, <laughs> no, 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 don't, 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 don't touch my butt <laughs> don't, there's no fat being taken out of my butt yeah. so. and uh, to transplant that fat to the yeah. to certain portions of the breast to make it look more muscular and uh, it works it, it works yeah. dr pathic can speak about some of that uh, okay. experience in doing it. Yeah. by the way we're talking it, about butt you had no issue kissing joe gorgas butt on one episode it, it, very it, embarrassing it, very it, embarrassing joe, you know i feel very, i'm confident i'm confident in my manhood <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm, I'm a man if i lose a bet i gotta live up to no 100 percent. you know yeah it was very cute very yeah, yeah, yeah. so right. you could expand on uh, expand right. i should say well, we're talking about body contouring first of all i'm sorry one second are you jealous of what Oh, yeah. kissing Joe Gorgon. Oh, I thought Gorgon Heartbeat. Absolutely, he's kidding. Yeah. All right, yeah. good. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Dr. Patrick. Yeah, but we do body contouring. You know, men, women, it's all about contouring. Oh, you do gender. women too. Absolutely. So you do yeah. uh, breast replacement for women, and then you reduce breast for men. Why don't you just take the breast from the women, from we, the men, I should say, and put them on the girls? <laughs> if we could, we would. Yeah. No, we're going for the better body, right? Yeah. So men like Frank worked on their body for years. They got great muscle tone, but then they develop the additional breast tissue. And what we do is we recontour. We want to get you to that ideal broad chest, muscular look without the excess skin, yeah. that little gland, that fat. And it's plus and minuses. We remove from here. We add there to create that ideal form. And we do that for women. We do it for men. Yeah. Uh, we do revisions, too, which is usually having to rechange the ratio, how people worked around you and gave you what you don't want. And we get very happy people doing that because what we're trying to do is get a real – true form of what you want sure you know sure. And these are people who work on their bodies you know like you're looking for perfection in the pursuit of that you end up with you know no i know. You don't want of course yeah. and, 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 man boobs so paul and a but what so uh, the women work on everything right so i mean i know women that have had everything from their lips to their face to their boobs right. to their ass to Vaginas. their legs oh. yeah <laughs> but as far as i know men is it just this the boobs well, i mean honestly men get an ass implants do they You'd be surprised. Really? I mean, it, it depends on the man, right? I mean, what you want to form, what you want to augment, what you want to perfect. Um, we do all kinds of body contouring. We, we say body contouring because we're recontouring the body, head to toe, you know, from the jawline down to the legs. Yeah. But the more common areas are going to be your chest. I mean, what do you work on in the gym first, right? Chest and arms. Right, that's you it. You know, yeah. arms, you can kind of get at pretty quickly. That's, all, that, that, that's, that's you know? all said works right. on. That's all yeah. works on. If you notice, if you notice he, has, <laughs> he doesn't stand up. Right. Can you doing, create yeah. a bicep? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you take a guy you who's not muscular? You bicep. You, can't, you could. We can fat graph into muscle, things like that. However, yeah. there's a limitation to do it safely, do it properly in the right, right. patient. Right? But you're not going to make like uh, Marge's husband, Joe Beningo, look like Frank. It ain't going to happen, <laughs> is it? Or maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> no, but <laughs> yeah. Frank is one of a kind. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. No, but, but you can actually uh, build somebody's, uh, Paul, some uh, bicep and tricep and all that, right? Sure. And no matter how much uh, a man works out at the gym, some areas are just going to be resistant to losing the fat. So the flanks, one area, the hips, and sometimes just a little contouring in that area. Yeah. And then once we have that fat, we can put it someplace uh, wherever it is that they're deficient. Now, what about lips? Because I know a lot of ladies get their lips done. Sure. And, and when I've watched it, I'm not talking about collagen, just they shoot something else now. And it looks painful. And it is kind of painful, actually. 
Uh, are men getting that done? Their lips as well? Or I know not the numbers of women do, but are they? Less common. I mean, women want that plump lip. Yeah. Men, that's not actually, like, you don't go looking for that. Right. right. You know, Unless like, you're on Christopher you know. Street, of course, and it's a Saturday <laughs> night about 9 o'clock. <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> and as far as women are doing on Christopher Street. Define... <laughs> yeah, I just heard about it. But on that, yeah. on that corner there, yeah. the jawline. Women don't want a sharp, strong jawline right. while men do. Yes. Therefore, we do put filler in the jawline. And you we do. create a more masculine appearance. You know? So there's a female and a male aesthetic. Yeah. We conform to what you're looking for. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned yeah. the jawline because uh, I went to visit uh, Dr. Mark Carolak at one point, and, and, uh, and I, I thought about getting some work done on my face, you know. Uh, my neck, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And he took like 9,000 pictures and go this way, go that way. And then he sat me down and he went over the pictures and he said, I'm going to tell you something. I could take 50,000 from you right now. No problem. He said, but for some reason, whether it's because you work out, whatever has happened at the age of 55, I'll be 56 in April. He said, your jawline has fallen, has fallen into almost the perfect structure. And although I like money, you don't need it. And I was so happy that day. It was like I won the lottery. How many times you walk into a doctor's office where they are ready, willing, and able to take your money to perform something, and they go, you don't need it. You guys do stuff like that? Or would Sid, you would have worked on me, right? Sid, I need to, let me, at that point, i got to point something out. I've referred many people yeah. all right, to the two doctors here today. Yeah. And, and, and surprisingly to me, all right, which I'm glad to see, Two of those people came back to me and said, "John went to the doctor, and quite honestly, the doctor said, take my money. Why don't you do that? Well, that's how you establish a long-term relationship. They said, right. Honesty. Right. Because uh, eventually I'm going to need it. Right. Right? So if it's two years or three years, now I know you've got my best interest at heart. So I'm coming back to you no matter what, right? Exactly. Wow. That's awesome. And sometimes that fat that's removed from one area uh, can be transplanted so in in." what we call facial atrophy. As you get older, you start losing it in the temples, yeah. in the nasolabial folds, the sides of the face, yeah. not just the lips. There's, there's certain areas that you just restore that fullness, and it brings back your youth. It doesn't change your appearance. It just makes you look more youthful again. I love that. Yeah, the trick is rejuvenation, not you know transformation here. Right, rejuvenation, yeah. not transformation. We, but you don't need anything right now, right? I mean, no, I'm, other than I, maybe that, that, That's it. That's yeah, it. That's oh, yeah. It. Otherwise, yeah. you're great. All right, well, how do folks uh, find out more about your uh, tremendous place in Fort Lee? How do they do that, Abe? Well, we're in Fort Lee. We're the first exit off the GW Bridge, all right? And we're at 1567 Palisade Avenue in Fort Lee. Pal- we wow. are Palisade Plastic Surgery. Palisade here. Plastic Surgery, and we do the full spectrum of uh, cosmetic surgery. Awesome. Right. Well, it's great to meet uh, both you gentlemen, Abe uh, yeah. Pathak. And Paul Rosenberg, and it's always good to see you. See, you really do here. look great, by the way. I feel good. Yeah? I feel good. You know what it is? You know, when you surround yourself with good people, you know, you're a good person. That's true. You know? uh, when you surround yourself with horrible people, like you do usually, there you know? then uh, <laughs> things don't work at all that That's well. That's why I come and see you more and more. But, yeah. thank you. Steve, by the way, says, let Frank know I love Frank with all my heart. Tell him thank you very How about much. He's, he's a good to, man. He's a good man. He's trying to, he's trying to apologize for last summer. Yeah, of course. Of course. I, I know, it's I not going to work. It's not going to work. Not gonna work. <laughs> what if he comes to see you every day on the shore yeah, this summer? When are you going to come down to shore? Never. I'm never You're coming. not coming to the Jersey Shore? It's not for Jewish people. Why? We go to the Catskills. You know? Yeah. Oh, That's my. That's what I am. Come on. Am I right, Abe? Abe and Paul just bought a house there. Truer words ever told. Sid, you have more Italian friends than I do. Uh, you're right about that. I know that. And man. I want to be Italian more than you are even right. Italian. You are a Guido at yeah. We've got uh, Tony Orlando <laughs> coming up at 9.30. Not going to be fun on this Greek Independence Day we've been celebrating all morning long. So we're going to take a very, very short break. Once again, thanks Real Housewives of New Jersey star Frank Catania and the guys from Fort Lee Plastic Surgery, Abraham Pathak and Paul Rosenberg. More of Sitting Friends in the Morning right after this.
sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. I love this song. This is some good Tony Orlando right here. Before I get to my friend Tony, you know, every morning before I host this, really amazing radio show. I don't think you people realize how lucky you've got it. It's so great. I know it's number one, so I can't complain. Number one by a distance. There's nobody even close to us. Nobody even close. But it's even better than that. But every morning before the show, I do a video, which I put on my Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. And again, I'm going to be on Brian Kilmeade's popular TV show, One Nation, on Fox News tomorrow night at 8 p.m. So I dress, well, I dress nicely every day. But today, gray slacks, black button-down shirt. I haven't donned the orange sport jacket yet. I'm saving that for the taping at 2 o'clock. So this morning on my Instagram story, promoting the upcoming show at 5.55 a.m., I was wearing my black button-down shirt and my black raincoat. And uh, I have like 9,000 compliments. And my wife has always told me I look good in black. They know I've always said that, but I guess people think I look really good in black. Tony Orlando wears uh, black quite a bit. Before I get to him again, I want to thank uh, the people at Milo's Baking. You know, Gristidi's. There's uh, all the uh, catering for today's big event, Greek Independence Day event here at the uh, station. But Milos, and this comes from uh, Patty Milonas, this is uh, her place. They just dropped off a whole bunch of really cool bakery goods. And Joe Parisi, who knows this stuff better than anybody, said to me, man, she's got the best stuff. So thank you, Milos Baking, for help making our party today so great. Anyway, here he is. One of the all-time greats. He's on the weekends on our station, but really one of the best entertainers ever, the great Tony Orlando. Good morning, Tony. Boy, you just made my Greek Independence Day absolutely independent. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Thank you for all of that. And you know why I wear black other than you, who has a physique like uh, like Arnold? <laughs> I wear it because I'm a little bit chubby. There's a big difference between you wearing black and me wearing black. <laughs> no, you look great. I know people do do that. Black actually does hide weight, but you happen to look really, really good. I mean, you look a lot younger than uh, you actually are, although I don't really know your age. I know you look younger than you are. I'm so, 78. I'm 78 years old. Yeah, I'm enjoying, by the way, yesterday was a, a, a celebration to me because yesterday was my 62nd year since my first hit record with Carol King in 1961. The song that you just played, Halfway to Paradise, came out in 1961 and was number one, I guess, what station? W-A-B-C. No kidding. And I love that song. I, you know, people know, of course, not three times. But I, I love that one. And I love Carol King. And we've had these conversations before you and I, Tony. 60-plus yeah, yeah. years at 78. Now, I had Ernie Anastas on earlier. And Ernie has always been, I'm not just saying this, far and away my favorite news anchor. I don't like the guys today because they uh, they editorialize too much. on Bill Ritter, you know, moves his eyes and laughs and shut up. Just give me the news. Ernie never did that. Whether it was a Kaidi Tang or I used to like the, uh, who was the other girl, the Jewish girl, Michelle Marsh. Ernie Anastas was always the best. And he's the Grand Marshal coming up April 30th at the parade a few years after, if, I, if I'm correct here. You had that honor, right, Tony? I did. And as a matter of fact, it's one of the greatest days. I'll tell you this, Sid. My dad, my last name is Casavitas. My, my middle name is Tony Orlando. 
My papu, which is my grandfather in Greek, his name was Kassavitakis. Like most Greeks, when they moved into the country here, they thought they were making it more palatable for people when they changed their name. So they changed it to Kassavitas. I think I'm third cousins with John Kassavetes, the actor. The actor, the yeah, actor yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so when I did that parade with John Kasimatidis by my side, by the way, the, the you know, owner of our wonderful family and station, he, I turned to him and I said, you know, John, you brought me onto this float. Now, remember, you're going down Fifth Avenue. I'm born and raised in New York City, 21st Street between 7th and 8th Avenue. To get into a parade on Fifth Avenue is like, are you kidding? Wow. And then I realized my father must be watching down. Sid, I swear. John Casamitidis and I shared tears together Aww. because there was such a sense of pride yeah. that my father in heaven would have been his chest out going, look at my boy, look Aww. at my boy, look at all the Greeks I, on the street saying, hello, yeah. Donnie. You know, you know, John yeah. was on at 7 o'clock and he told that story about how you cried about your father and I was yeah. very close with my dad, too. He passed away two summers ago. My mom comes on this show about twice a month and she just said on this show literally four days ago, that daddy is looking down at you, and he's so proud of you. And that's still a very, very, it still hurts me quite a bit, too, like it does you. So I appreciate and love that story. But did you say that you lived on 21st between 7th and 8th? Because this is going to be sound crazy, but for about a year and a half, before Danielle and I, my gorgeous wife, moved to Battery Park in 2001, we lived on 21st between 7th and 8th, right across the street no. from the school. Right across the street from the school, I swear to God. From PS11. Yes. PS11, which was my grammar school. This is crazy. We lived on the same block. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Now, you were between 8th and 9th, if you were Yes, yes, you're right, between 8th and 9th. Yes, yes, yes. yes. 7th and 8th was just across the street from you. In fact, the address is 221 West 21st Street. I'll tell you a quick story about that. When I was doing a, a TV show, they did a little documentary on me. I, they said, where did you grow up? And I told them where it was. Let's go there. So it was a show called Behind the Music on MTV. Maybe you were VH1. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And so I go over to that building, and I go up to the actual apartment where I lived, and I knock on the door, and a person opens it, and they see a camera behind me, and they looked at me, and thank God in heaven, the person recognized me and went, Tony Orlando. What are you doing here? Oh. I, said, I said, I hope you don't mind. I said, I have a camera here. This is where I was born and raised, right in this apartment. She goes, you're kidding. She goes, there's six of us living in this apartment. I go, well, wait a minute. This apartment was like seven rooms. She goes, no, it's one room. I said, what? They cut the apartments down to one room. Honest to God, said, I walked into a room that I thought was huge it was a little tiny room, like nothing. But as a child, it looked like a big room to right. me, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course. And we taped it in that building and on that roof uh, where I used to dream about being in show business. That was the building I was born and raised in. And wow. I'm very proud of my time there. And as you know, it's a mixed neighborhood. Well, when I, when I lived there, it wasn't so mixed. In fact, I'll tell you a funny story. My wife, you've met Danielle. She's beautiful. Uh, but when yeah. I lived there in the, in the early 2000s, she said, you know, this is the only place, I think, in New York or America where when you walk down the block, you're going to get more whistles and stares from guys than I will. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Don't. Okay. Now, Chelsea, you can't beat that. Yeah, I know. It's much great. You know, Kevin Schroeder, my cousin, who has a show on podcast called Cop Talk, 
He's been a cop for 35 years at WABC. And there's a great new show on podcast at WABC. But his mom literally lived directly across the street from that school. And wow. I went to that school right up until, well, I started, I have pictures of me in that school from kindergarten. How about, wow. That's crazy. I Yes, right across the street. Well, listen, I've got a couple of uh, very, very fine people in the studio right now. In fact, you just mentioned this uh, young man at the on the float at the parade a couple of uh, years ago. Tony Orlando, say hello to three great people, actually. <laughs> the lovely John and Margot Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez. Hi, uh, Tony. Tony. Hello. That's the family we, we right there. You. Let me tell we you. miss you in New York. Oh, thank you, John. Thank you, Margo. Thank you, Chad. Hey, I got to tell you something about you, John. And this is not just blowing smoke because you're the boss. We're friends before I ever came to the station. But I have to tell you this. You know what I love about you? Here you own this station. And you're, you're Greek. I'm Greek. I'm half Greek. I'm a Greek Rican. You're all Greek Rican. Yeah, but the truth of the matter is what gets me about loving being part of the family at WABC is that you recognize every holiday. You recognize all of all heritages in New York. I've seen you recognize all the Hispanics, the Israeli, Greek. It's just a beautiful thing. And that, to me, is inclusion. That, to me, is showing, uh, you know, love for all people. And I want you to know this. This is the truth. I'm very proud of being knowing Sid and being part of the WABC family. I've never quite been able to tell you this, but it's all starts at the head. The head wags the tail. Thank you so much. Well, thank uh, you, Tony, and uh, thank you. And I told Sid the story this morning when you were on yeah. the float going up Fifth Avenue and you came back and you were crying. I said, Tony, Tony, yeah. are you okay? I yeah. said, and you said to me, I felt my father uh, yeah. watching over me. Yeah. Yes, and I, I'll tell you, not only my father, but my yaya, Papu, who lived on 26th Street, where the uh, fashion uh, uh, university is there, between uh, 7th and 8th. And you um, lived on the corner of 22nd and 8th Avenue. What? You did also? Uh, No, he did. Oh, he did. did. Yeah, because I was on 21st and 8th. 21st, but I got to tell you a funny story about John, Sid. 21st and 8th. You remember this. Yeah. Yeah. I own the building. You own the building? Yeah. I was probably paying you rent 20 years ago. Now, what's that story? Go ahead. That's a true story. That's just the funniest thing. Yeah. Wow. Can't make well, that happy up. Happy Greek Independence Day, John and Margo. Well, thank, thank you, you so much, Tony. And uh, uh, April 30th is the actual parade. We have a, a big, a big float. And if you're around... Uh, stop by New York, and uh, uh, Ernie Anastas is the Grand Marshal, and uh, uh, Phil Christopher Ernie. is the uh, Chairman, and uh, we're, you know we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit of music and a little bit of good times. That's great. Right. That's great. Tony, well, I'm gonna try to get in there. Not only for that, for that wonderful day, and to uh, uh, of course support Ernie and and the parade and, the, and all of the Greek. Congratulations to him, to you, to all of the Greek community in New York. You know, my heart goes with you, and believe me, I'm a proud Greek, deep to my soul. God bless you all. Yeah, God bless you. Tony, Tony, it's Chad. Good morning. Hey, Chad, good yeah. morning. Sir. So, How are you? So you said you're a greek Rican, right? Yep. So we feel like we're channeling you here today, because John, 
being the Greek, and I'm the Hispanic, so we're here. You're here in, wow. in, in, with us today. Oh, you, you're Puerto Rican, right? <laughs> oh, no, he's Venezuelan. Oh, okay. He's That's a, funny. Uh, you know, he's a Venezuelan <laughs> Venezuela. guy. That's, That's right. right. Well, I, I don't want to uh, put a war here between uh, John and Chad. But, <laughs> no. but, Tony, let's be honest. You're actually more proud of your Greek heritage than Puerto Rican, right? <laughs> Well, to be be honest with you, and I mean this sincerely, and this is not a joke, I'm serious about this, I was very fortunate to be part of the deepest part of my Hispanic Puerto Rican side, my mom, born and raised in New York City, my dad of Greek heritage, born and raised in New York City, uh, both of them, and my grandfathers and grandmother on both sides we're best friends. It wow. doesn't get better. That is awesome. Hey, 30 seconds to go. When I grew up, of course, I was a fan of yours. It was Tony Orlando and Dawn. Whatever happened to uh, to Dawn? You still speak to her? Or what's the deal with that? Well, and Dawn was two people. It was, in those days, it was like uh, the groups were called bread. There was no plural to the name. It was the, it was the thing to do. But Talma Hopkins, one of the girls in the group, the one that was oh, really Talma, yeah. with me, yeah. She's the longest-running sitcom actress in history. Right. I mean, she she started with us with the Bosom Buddies with Tom Hanks. Yeah. Break, and that's uh, Family Matters. And now she's on a show called Dead to Me yeah, she's on huge. Netflix. Yeah, she's huge. Yeah, I, she's I, actually, I actually remember the other guy in Bosom Buddies, Peter Scolari. How about that? Uh, Margo, sure. there you go. Say hello to, uh, to your friend. Hi, Tony. We really miss you. Hi, Margo. you got to come see us soon. You know, we've got to stop you know te- texting during the night. No, nice things, nice things. Absolutely. Margo will call me. Let me tell you what she does. She texts me and says things like, Great show. Uh, when are you going to have Lee Greenwood on? That's what she texts him all the time. How about Lee Greenwood? She loves Lee Greenwood. Oh, Lee that Greenwood was wonderful. Yeah, he finally did a birthday call for you, right? Yes, he and did. Thank you. Yes, he did. Uh, That's awesome. He's a great friend, he's a great guy. Well, Tony, listen. Margo and John, they're yes. like family to me. And Chad, same to you. And Thank Sid, you. Yes. I want you to know, you have the greatest talk show. I listen to you all the time. Thank I you. think you're one of the great hosts. You're so knowledgeable. And so, and Brian Kilmeade, I love him. Send him my love. Uh, I will. I'll be on with him tomorrow night. Hey, listen, you're great, too. I love you. Been a huge fan of yours for a long time. So happy Greek Independence Day. Thank you for coming on today. We all love you. We'll see you very soon, Tony Orlando. Thank you. Okay, we love you. Thank you. you, Love you all. See you, you, Tony. God bless you. All right. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. All right, 9.45 on your Friday morning again. Tomorrow is Greek Independence Day, but we're celebrating this wonderful day today. We've had some great guests on this program. John Katsimatidis, Ernie Anastas, Tony Orlando, Joseph Takapina, not Greek, but I like him. And uh, <laughs> right now, still in studio. What, is he Italian? He's a very Italian. Well, you know what the uh, Greeks and Italians say. What, una facha, una rats. What does that mean? That means one one face, one bloodline. But the Italians and the Greeks aren't close, are they? Very close. No, they're not. They, 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 the Greeks think they're Italian and Italians think they're Greek. Really? Yes. No. A, it's a very, you know, in, that's the whole Mediterranean. And uh, uh, they've always been close to that whole area. Really? And and the Jews, they came later. We came later, yeah. Well, wow, you, you, you were born much earlier. Uh, I know. I mean... Uh, Thousands of years ago. Thousands, thousands. Yeah. Why were you raising your, your hands in, uh, as if you won something? Because, uh, it, because it's the Italian. No, no, no. I never. John, s- no, no. What I, right. no. What I said was the Italians don't like the Irish. 
not the Greeks. The Greeks and the Italians. Okay. Well, Giants they're, said they're, they're, mar- well, they're screwing each other because they're marrying each other now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's one of them, by the way, Louis. Yeah. Well, I'm a Macedonian. I'm a real Macedonian Greek. Well, Phil is uh, from Macedonia. Oh, he has to prove. He has to show me his bloodline. Uh, can you show John your bloodline, Phil? <laughs> yeah, I can show like a picture from my father. You can be like, yep, that's a Macedonian right there. Is your fa- right. Was your father born yeah, in... He was, yeah, he's, he's an immigrant. Yeah. No kidding. Well, I thought he was your grandfather. There was a big argument if, uh, if it was part of Greece. Yeah. And uh, they, they, they fought it out, and it became an independent country. But does, it's Greek, Greek bloodlines. It comes from who? Alexander the Great. Yes, yes. Okay. Come on in. That reminds you of the Israelis and the Palestinians. Sit down. Look at this. These are all great people walking in here. This is, it's like a, it's like the Greek Hall of Fame. <laughs> I mean, look at this. Here is uh, he was on earlier too. Good. Hi, Ernie. Good morning. Nice to see you. You too. Uh, we talked earlier this morning. Yes. And John was on just before yes. me, yes. and then I came on. Yes. And here's Sweet Margot. Yes. And this we had f- Tony Orlando on just oh, now. Oh, Tony. Yeah. He's a previous uh, Grand Marshal. You know, Tony, we all know, is a real genuine guy. Beautiful heart. And he loves his Greek background. He does. And he talks yeah. about it, and he's got a great heart. Are we celebrating Greek Independence Day <laughs> well, today? We have a lot of Greek food. Yeah. I, hope, I mean, everybody has to eat double coupons. There's, there's, <laughs> I, I tell you, who prepared the Greek food today? I think Gristides. Gristides did. Yeah. Oh, Gristides. my God. Yeah. Well, we Gristides, have, um, Gristides. Gristides was uh, Germans, yeah. but from Greek background, and they came here in the 1880s. Is that true? Yes, and they formed the Gristides store, the little first store, like 1888. Gristides. And we've got Milos doing the baking today, John. So later on tonight, after we eat here all day between Gristidos and Milos, do you go for Greek food tonight? Like Avra or tonight, something? Or? I don't know. i got to yeah. make sure... Uh, Andrew Cuomo's coming in tonight at 8 o'clock. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be on between 8 and 9. You'll be here and for he's, that. He, I might be here for that. Yeah. Uh, I, and uh, he wants he, he's upset what's going on in our city, our state, and our country. And uh, he wants to have a voice. And, you know, WABC, we give everybody a voice. Absolutely. Well, we talked about that you yeah. and, uh, this morning. Mm-hmm. I, and, and, and I'm on record saying it because I'm fearless. I just don't care. I don't like Andrew Cuomo. But I love the fact he's on the station tonight. I love it. Sure. Because whether you like him or hate listen, either way, it's good to hear opposing opinions. Sometimes hate listening is actually more fun. Mm-hmm. But it's, I love giving people an opportunity to speak. I know you feel the same way. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I was very good friends with Mario. And uh, his dad was a very special guy. Mario yeah. was uh, a good governor in many ways. And he loved the Greeks. Getting back to the Greek theme today, he was very supportive of a lot of the Greek causes. No kidding. And, and in many ways, Ways, you know, he and I would converse. In fact, you and I this morning were trying to speak a little Greek. Yeah. Lahayim. Well, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> and Snow and Opa. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's important to, to hear the voices of the people. We talked about this earlier, and that's the forum here. You know, the Greeks had the Lyceum. And they would go there and they would discuss over Socrates and Plato and the rest of them. And this was their forum. This was their Acropolis. WABC Radio has become that kind of a forum. And John has created that mood because what we're talking about here is common sense and being open. Here we have, uh, you know, Governor Cuomo, former Governor Cuomo on. And then we have other people who are talking about the other side. And the most important got, thing is right balance. A, right after Governor Cuomo, Bill yeah. O'Reilly comes I'm, on. I yeah. mean, you couldn't get to well, the other side. But... but we all have the right to speak. Yes. And let, let the audience decide. Let our listeners decide 100%. where the heck we are. Talk, Absolutely. All I can say is 
We're in a mess right now in our city. We're in, in a mess. State. We but need work. We need work. There's we no question. Work. You asked me about that this yes. morning, and you're right. I'm here. No, I am we, driving we into the work. city, yeah. and I'm saying, look, I've been here since 1978, but I used to come to New York as a child because a lot of my family, a lot of Greek family that I have. But where were you as a child? Where were you? Pardon me? Where were you as a child? Where? where then? In New Hampshire. Oh, I thought you were Boston, New Hampshire. That's yeah, right. In New right. Hampshire, because that's where my grandfather was the priest. Yeah. And, you know, we were very proud of him. But uh, I used to come to New York because I had relatives in Flushing. I had relatives mm. in New Jersey, uh, out in Long Island. And every time I would come here, I'd walk down the street. I was like 10 years old, and I would be on uh, uh, Times Square. And I would look up, and the lights were on. And here I was, 10 years old. Yeah. And all the lights were on. And I said... To my sisters, I said, you know what? This is daytime in the nighttime. It's and true. I couldn't believe it's it. true. But my desire was to come to New York. But yeah. this is the great melting pot. New York is, the, you know, I wrote a book about yep. this. New York is the greatest city in the world. If you can't make it in New York, you're, you're not going to make it in New York. I told you. I, 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 yeah. I came Say, back here. I came you back know, here. You came back here. Yeah. Yeah. You made it. Yeah. You're the number one show in yeah. New York. Thank you. What else can you ask for? The best. Life? No, I, I, I mean, love it John, here. You're, you're the best in New York. You're the best. Uh, you and before I forget, by the way, yeah, I, I watched Gotham. Was that that was incredible. That was an A-10. Oh, he watched it, too. Oh, yes. it was incredible. The yes. history of New York. You liked I it. I mean, from Lindsay yeah. all the way up yes. through Bloomberg yeah. and de Blasio yeah. and, and so we forth. we were at the edge. Yeah, oh, yeah. yes. Almost and fell if off. if it wasn't for Rudy Giuliani, a Republican, and Bloomberg uh, Peter too. Valone, and Bloomberg, a Democrat. Yeah, yeah Mike yeah. Bloomberg. That's yeah. true. They worked together. together. No, Peter yeah. Valone oh, Malone, and Rudy yeah. Giuliani that that turned the city around. Yep. Bloomberg came in for 12 years after that That's to true. maintain the city and, and make uh, education uh, advances, etc. But then everything went to crap. Uh, the Blasio came so in. So let me ask you something. Well, well, let me ask you something first. It you supported <laughs> Joe Loder when I was I running know. for mayor. I know. And I, I didn't win the uh, nomination. And uh, so Rudy gets the blame for supporting I, Joe Loder. Oh, I'm still mad about that, John. Don't worry. I've so it took to us three a, hours and 51 minutes yeah. on Greek Independence Day to get a Plato and Socrates mention. Oh, look at that. Three hours and, and 51 minutes. That's a good well, job out of you. Know thyself, yeah. right? That's yeah. the most important. But I have to ask you a question because talking to a lot of people um, and looking at the history of New York in, in this wonderful documentary on Gotham, which I, I really advise you, you watch it. It's fantastic. The question has come up to me many times, and I'll ask you the same question. Is New York City unmanageable? There is so much here. It's huge. Can it really be managed? Because there are so many problems and issues that are recurring. We, we make progress, but then we kind of go backwards. Where are we and where are we going? Can this city be properly managed? It's, it's a great question. And I wake up some days and go, no, like you just said, it's too much. Mm. But then I'll bring on Bernie Carrick, like I did last week, and yep. go, Sid, what are you talking about? They were saying the same thing back in 1993. <laughs> it's unmanageable. It's, it's beyond saving. In came, as John mentioned, Woody Giuliani. Yep. And we had a great time again. So uh, my, my heart tells me, yes, there's another Rudy Giuliani walking in the door. My head tells me, as much as I like the guy personally, that's not Mayor Eric Adams. Mm. So right now, the answer is, unfortunately, yes, it's unmanageable. But can it be saved? Well, how many times has a guy like Rudy Giuliani come walking well, in? This city always made a comeback. Always been, you know, I'm older than you guys. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I've been around. 1977 was the end of the world in New York. Oh, we yeah. made a comeback. Yeah. 1987 was the end yeah. of the world. Yeah. We made a comeback. 1997 uh, was the end of the world. We made a comeback. New York City will make a comeback. And I do believe, and I'm supporting Eric Adams, that he's going to help Me make too. a comeback. Yeah. Because now what, what you have to do is Governor Hochul, 
has to has to stay firm. Governor Patterson, who's a, one of our co-hosts, gave advice to Governor Hochul how she could put her foot down. Yes, and she's been doing it some lately. She's yeah. actually shocking me, John. We have John. seen that. She's listening. And, you well, know, the, I hope so. The, you know, the other thing, too, you know, uh, John, Sid, Margo, it, it, we're not alone in terms of problems. I mean, if you look around, I mean, look at the issues in Chicago. All of them. San, San Francisco, it Philadelphia. All over the, all over yeah. the country, all over yeah. the world. Yeah. So, you're like, you, you stop and you say, okay, we have our issues, but so do other cities. Yeah. So do other countries. Yeah. And, and it's working together. Um, I like leadership. I studied leadership at Harvard University. I did the one-year program. And leadership is very important. And the difference between a person who leads and doesn't lead is something called vision. Yeah. Where do you see us in the next 5, 10, 15 years? And you have to have that vision to be able to lead. Agreed. And I had a U.S. senator uh, in the office about a week ago. And he was worried about 2076. Oh, God. The 300, no, the 300th anniversary of our country. Yeah. Because if we keep going in this direction. We're not going to get there. We're not going to get there. I agree. And our yeah. kids, grandkids yeah. and great-grandkids, yeah. they're not going to get there. Wow. The America we know about, unless we put our foots down right now, all of us put our foot down and say, enough is enough with this crap, with socialism. Look what it did to Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Destroyed it. Took, it. The, yeah. straw, the number one country in South America. In 20 years, they destroyed yeah, it. Yeah, they did. I know. Listen, it, it's everywhere they've tried it. It hasn't worked. We're going to uh, wrap things up here. John Katsimatidis, love you. Margo Katsimatidis, love yeah. you. Ernie Anastas, congratulations. Like you love said. you, too. The Grand Marshal. We're going to do some celebrating, folks, on Greek Independence Day. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.